We work to work, you late to work, I holla and they send it You know my pride was colder than Chicago in December My dog out laying them low, ain't breaking no laws out, serving out the rock. Beats outside, still fucking in the car, still flipping in the car, still shooting at the car. What's going on, guys? I am very excited to announce that Philly Sports Trips is now the official travel partner of the You Know Ball podcast. The biggest reason why I've partnered with Philly Sports Trips is really simple. I give them my money, I have a mini vacation that involves the Sixers, Eagles, and Phillies, and I don't have to lift a finger to plan anything. I can party as light as I want or as hard as I want, and Philly Sports Trips takes care of everything that I hate. The planning, the organizing, researching where to go, and I get a five-star hotel, non-crazy flight schedules, and tailgates that have unbelievable food and booze, and most importantly, it's a douchebag-free zone. These are just some of the many reasons that I am excited to partner with Philly Sports Trips. I can't wait to go on a Sixers trip next season, and you know Ball is absolutely going on the road to at least one Eagles game. So let me know which Eagles game you would want to go to, and I would love to do a huge you know Ball road trip. Out of all the cities, I'm thinking New York or Chicago, but I want to know what you guys think as well. So tweet at me, at TrailBroDude, DM me, comment on the YouTube, and let me know which Eagles game you guys think we should go as a group this season. Phillies and Eagles trips are booking right now. So head over to phillysportstrips.com and let them know that you know Ball sent you for two very important reasons. Not only does it help fund the podcast, but we'll have VIP events and goodies specifically just for you know Ball listeners. phillysportstrips.com, premium travel for every Philly sports fan and a proud sponsor of the you know Ball podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Tro Bro Dude, and today I was going to do an episode about the Summer League Sixers, but honestly, something happened very important that trumps the Summer League Sixers. That is Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo getting together to do a absolutely fire podcast called the NBA Trade Value Rankings List. So... We have an expert panel here today. First, we have uh, regular on the podcast, Matt, a.k.a. MDL MDA. Uh, Matt, what, what's going on there? You don't have any video up. What's up with uh, um, with that? <laughs> yeah, so uh, funny story. Um, I was kidnapped by none other than nephew Kyle and then also Bill's uh, daughter's boyfriend. Um, so I'm in what I – it's really dark in here, which is why I don't have video. I'm in what I imagine is a basement. <laughs> um, I, I was scared to use my phone, so I was, I wasn't going to join this, but, uh, he called down from, from the top of the steps and said, uh, he's going to Shake Shack. It's lit. So <laughs> I think I have like maybe 20 minutes, maybe less. I don't know. Um, as soon as things go bad, I'll let you guys know, but, um, this is not a bit. So, so, uh, if you guys, you know, can, can call local authorities and, and, uh, alert them to this of course absolutely yeah i mean look anytime a soundcloud rapper who's anti-union kidnaps you uh it's a very scary thing you know they're very dangerous people that could Mm -hmm. potentially (laughs) potentially end your life so we we wish you the best of luck so let's move on it's it's really dark and cold down here (laughs) 
<laughs> also, we have here uh, returning to the podcast, Mr. Sam Sheehan, aka NBA Baby Secret. What's going on, Sam? Uh, yeah, just a, a, you know, a little housekeeping. That's you know, I've been suspended from Twitter, so I'm not the one running that account. You know, like, that would be illegal. <laughs> I would never go against Twitter terms of service like that. That's <laughs> of a, course, that's a, that's an NBA baby who was recently born. Um, came into the world with like very strong posting instincts. So whoever that baby is, um, you know, I appreciate them, and I just want to draw attention to them, which is why I told them, yeah. told you to like use that handle. But it's not me. Oh, I, again, I would never violate Twitter's terms of service, especially not while Elon Musk is investigating the bot crisis. Of course, um, yeah, no, I, I, I out of the contract. Yeah, he wants to get them in a courthouse. He's playing twelve DHS. He was not looking for a way to just sell all his inflated Tesla stock and cash out while his rubes continued to hold. <laughs> I was, I was I'm sure the SEC about, won't follow up on it. I was just thinking about a hypothetical where uh, somehow we convince Bill Simmons that NBA Baby is real and he has you on for a two-hour podcast. <laughs> okay, and then follows NBA up with a conversation real. his daughter well, had about Transylvania. Look. And NBA baby and, and Bill Simmons have the same amount of object permanence. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually a perfect kind of introduction to this list because this is a list. Actually, Rosillo said at the top of the podcast that it kind of elicits these reactions whenever you do like a top 100 list or mm. best young players in the game or NBA trade value, whatever it is, people are going to have negative opinions back. Uh, you know, Seth Partner, our friend at The Athletic, is like getting like insane DMs and like threats over, you know, leaving, uh, I don't know, Emmanuel quickly off the list or whatever. <laughs> so, so NBA fans are obviously very normal and, uh, yeah. you know, ha have, have normal reactions to this. I did think it was a good point that Rosillo brought that up, but what the funniest part about it was he was like, you know, it's really hard uh, <laughs> that people do these, you know, people do these lists and, you know, you do this whole thing and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm not sure. And then Bill's like, well, did you like it? And he's like, oh yeah, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like he's he's like the most resistance to yes manning Bill, but he's still yes man's Bill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's like he still remembers man. that it's his boss. Yeah, no, it's it's like when you like trick a dog by like walking out of the room and coming back in like with a smile on your face, like they, you can't, like store the memory. Like like he just he just like denies Bill in a way that his dog brain like can't like store properly. So. <laughs> Yeah, he loves the shit all over Bill's ideas. It's like when you text your friend and you'll say something extremely mean, but if you leave that LOL at the end, yeah. it, makes, it makes up for everything, you know? Uh, but yeah, so obviously Rosillo says, you know, they talk about the list and whatever, and then they get into the honorable mentions. And there isn't a ton from the honorable mentions that I really want to go over because the list itself was more important. I did think one thing that stuck out was um, John. Why did Jonathan Kaminga get an honorable mention? I, I can someone tell me because because Bill knows his name. <laughs> Bill is Bill has like is just drinking the straw. So here, let me. I have the honorable mentions right here. It was okay. Kyle Kuzma, Jade McDaniel's, Alex Caruso, Nikola Vucevic, Gary Trent Jr., John Collins, C.J. McCollum, Ben Matherin, 
Wendell Carter Jr., Rob Williams, Seth Curry, Anthony Simons, Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort, De'Aaron Fox, Jonathan Kaminga, and Keegan Murray. How many, so basically, how many of them uh, do you think he's ever heard of or actually watched right. play? So well, that's the Bill, thing. The, the premise Bill will defend himself with against people like us who are here just circling like vultures ready to just tear this fucking <laughs> thing apart because it is stupid um is that you know contracts matter yada 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 so you can't just this can't just be like the best nba players um i think bill zags a little bit too much on that in some ways um and also like doesn't adhere to that in other ways like the fact that wendell carter jr and rob williams are both on the honorable mention list and we're going to get into some other names that bill actually had making his list is a little crazy to me to be honest Wait, who who was included that you thought was crazy? Um, so well, I, for myself, I did a dueling sixty-four list, and these four names just did not make it for me. Demontis <laughs> Sabonis, R.J. Barrett, Josh Giddy, and Tyler Hero. Those guys were okay. all off. Yeah, so, absolutely, definitely. And I think me. Wendell Carter and Rob Williams are better than all four of those guys. So, did you I say R.J. Barrett? Guys. Yeah. R.J. Barrett RJ might Barrett, be the one Josh, where I could hear the argument for him I being on. I in the 50s. Yeah. But I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a big R.J. Barrett fan personally. Um, I think that he probably is – he's probably getting a little bit too much uh, recognition and clout still from the fact that he was the third pick in the draft and people mm-hmm. can never forget that. Uh, but then again, like, I don't know. He's still really young. Maybe he has some more upside. Like, I understand it. But for right now, the guys that you named are around the same age. Make yeah. Will make less money on their upcoming contracts or the contracts that they're currently on than R.J. Barrett will on his next and are certainly better players. <laughs> yeah. And I just think, like, I don't know. I just think R.J. Barrett is kind of in that hell zone that, like, Zach Levine is still kind of phasing in and out of where it's like, how good can you really be with this guy as like your dominant scoring option? You know, sure. like, and well, I the just argument back to I that just, would be that at least RJ is really good on defense. So, yeah. but he, 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 but Zach can shoot and RJ can't really shoot yeah, that well. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like they, they have their own unique issues. Right. And I just, th- I just think in general, Bill kind of undervalued bigs throughout this and was like insane with how he valued like, the, the guys who haven't played yet. <laughs> that, that, that's my big thing with this is yeah. like, like, I can't wait to get the just, just so don't, much. I was going to say, just don't even include rookies. That's we what, haven't seen yeah. them play. Like Ben Matherin and Keegan Murray could end up being fine picks, but you literally just included the top six from this draft. You didn't include guys that like you think, like, why are those two on here and Jalen Duran isn't on here? Like, is there any well, like, justification for that? Because yeah. he what, read yeah. the list of draft order and he just decided to <laughs> yeah. stop at six. He literally just included the top six, which because we know NBA teams are completely infallible and they could never get a pick mm-hmm. wrong, possibly. Right. So, yeah. all right, my, my whole thing with the Kaminga inclusion here is like Jonathan Kaminga is more in theory than in reality to me. Like he definitely has yeah. the tools. He You see the flashes. But like if we're making a list of the most important trade chips in the NBA – Jonathan McCaminga might be able to get you back something decent or might be a part of a star package, but he's not the headliner of that star package yet. And I, I'm still like, I still have yet to see Jonathan Kaminga do something that's genuinely useful in the NBA. Like he's not a good player. 
Like he might in a few years be a good player, but everything's in theory now. And I feel like we always do this, especially with Warriors guys, but also with guys who are big, athletic, and they look the part. So like to me, I, what I've always said about Jonathan Kaminga is like I see him as like a Aaron Gordon, John Collins type. Like I see him mm-hmm. as like a play finisher who can play some defense. And that's a very useful player, but like we're talking about the most, the best young players in the NBA, and I feel like he should not be included based on what he did his rookie year. I feel like I feel like Bill like had to use all of his willpower not to include James Wiseman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he loved I, I, James Wiseman. I can't he probably, believe you know if we're if we're gonna do like what's recent in people's memory. In Bill's dog brain. I can't believe Moses Moody didn't make it after his like explosion. That's actually a good league. point. Like, well, I also yeah, think like, Moses Moody is a better prospect than Jonathan Kaminga, yeah. which is not a popular opinion, but he's just much better at basketball than Jonathan Kaminga just, is. Yeah, and that was kind of like, but like Kaminga was always going to be raw too. Like, it's For sure. weird that like he like is including someone that it was clearly going to be a project, did not play in the playoffs. Like at least Moody and played. And what he did, it was like he 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 couldn't really stay on the floor past the first round. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like uh, like Moody went first, like was was in, instrumental further into the playoffs than Kaminga sure. was. Yeah, I just don't I just don't think Kaminga is that value. Like honestly, I'd take Gary Payton on his contract. He just got <laughs> he just signed ahead of Kaminga. Like I'm like I'm, just, I'm not even like trying to dig. Like it, even like you could even just go somewhere else. Like you just say like DeAndre Hunter. And like, let's say, okay, sure. three years from now, who's going to be a more useful player, DeAndre Hunter or Jonathan Kaminga? Like, I'd probably bet Hunter. <laughs> most <laughs> most NBA teams would rather have Seth Curry than Jonathan Kaminga, and I think he has yeah. Seth Curry off the list. He has Seth Curry on here because he has one year, eight million left, and I, I kind of understand that. My favorite uh, commentary he had on Seth Curry was that he was the best non-Jimmy w- uh, wingman for Embiid. Uh, Harden and Embiid had the greatest offensive rating in NBA history when they were on the court together in the regular season. I just want to point that out. And Harden, he included Harden in the Simmons and Kyrie tier. And Sam, maybe you can tell us if we're being a little bit too biased as Sixers fans because Harden is on the team now. But, like, Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons just sat out an entire season of basketball. Yeah. And Kyrie... Kyrie, Kyrie played what twenty games? Has now forced his way. He's on his on about to force his way off his third team. Um, yeah, also and James also, Harden. I just want to put in context for Harden's forcing himself out of situations. A Houston team that was obviously about to rebuild, yeah. and then on top of that, the Kyrie Irving situation in Brooklyn kind of accelerated his asking out of there. So, are yeah. we being biased, Sixers fans, when we say he shouldn't be included in this tier? I, I mean, he shouldn't be included in their tier. But I think I think what what he why he's getting thing is it's a compounding thing. You know, it goes back to not wanting to play with Chris Paul, who's an asshole. But sure. like that's like you know th- that's the start of it. You know, you do the you know you do the LeBron train <laughs> like gun to the franchise's head before LeBron does it. Like go give me Russell Westbrook and then right. He also didn't and... like Dwight Howard. I mean, like he has a bad yeah. history post OKC. Yeah. They're all so, assholes, like, though. It's funny. All yeah, of the stars that he's ever been paired with are just huge assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's like, but it's also like something that's like totally different because I would say in the Nets situation, he was the one that was playing the fucking games. Like he was right. the one who had them in like a a one seed last year. You know, like well, how many games did James Harden play last year? Like pretty much all of them, right? Like he, he, must he only like sat out games. that stretch before he got traded. And then he had like some load management games here and there, basically. 
so what it was like 68 or 66 yeah or he played like in the that. 60s something yeah, yeah. yeah. so he, he, like, was, he was really durable in terms of playing games and that's like and that's my thing is i think is like as long as he's happy and it seems like he's got like daryl has his trust you know and i think that's another thing about the houston situation is like once daryl was gone that was kind of like the writing on the wall you know sure. like, and you have you know ruben like laundering money um, on his yeah, yeah. So, like, they they talked about that. It's yeah, it's, it's very yeah. obvious that they're just like yeah. He's, they're he's just doing the Tom Brady back. thing where he's yeah. just like very clearly like getting paid. <laughs> under it's, the not, table. it's not even the Tom Brady thing because yeah. the yeah. difference yeah. is that Michael Rubin is literally in the meetings, as they pointed out on the podcast. Like he's there, like you know, we'll sign. You'll sign a supermax with Fanatics, and <laughs> but but it's you'll just be. It, it, it's also a good infrastructure for Harden that he's coming onto a team where it is clearly Embiid's team. Those two get along. Like, sure. he gets along with Maxi. Like, these, this is like a better infrastructure than he's had since, you know, really like earlier in like Houston. Since the Chris Paul. Since the Chris Paul. Yeah, team, since Chris really, Paul. Exactly. And also lifts up the talent around him. Made Tobias Harris better. Made Tyrese Maxi better. Made Joel Embiid better. Like, I, I understand that he's not the easiest person to get along with. And look, maybe in a year from now, we're sitting here kind of like how they said in a year from now, we'll be sitting here saying like, it is possible in a year from now, we're sitting here saying James Harden is forcing his way out of Philly. Like it, it, you never know. And I understand why it's the dishonorable mentions, but I, I feel as though the fact that he played the games, the fact that he still lifts up the talent around him when he does play, there at least is some credibility to that. Whereas Kyrie and Ben Simmons, like we've never seen what they've done before. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's the thing, like Ben Simmons, Harden does not have anything as like damning as Ben Simmons, like literally sitting out a season after like, no, crazy. Yeah. Like he's been like, not good in playoff series. Sure. Like, he's not, I, I do not think. He's Matt, been, what's like, going on over there, dude? The catalyst. Oh no. Matt. I think, I think he guys, I think he's bad. <laughs> I think I gotta. It's it's getting loud up there, and it's. I, I think I, I think I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> All right, stay safe, Matt. Don't right. take your please, union apparel off. Please, it's really dark and cold. Please tell local authorities. Please. All right, bye. Oh, shit, I think he actually is here. Bye. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a damn shame. I hope he wasn't wearing his like local ringer twenty three um, <laughs> outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, by the way, do you is there a link I should be retweeting while we're live? Or <laughs> no, we're not live actually. Oh, we're we're, we're okay. yeah, yeah, we're, we're just recording. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, we're behind the yeah. scenes. Well, greetings to everyone in the future. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's. I mean, like, let's take a look at it. Um, the list. So, so here's my suggestion, um, because I think Bill was like perfect, pretty much near the top. Um, and, and I'll tell you my quibbles a little bit, and, and you can tell me. Do you want to work from the back or for the front? Yeah, let's go top 64. So we'll go okay. down the list, the quality starters group, which is okay. Dray Draymond Green, OG Ananobi, DeAndre, and Jared Allen, Fred Van Fleet, DeMar DeRozan, and Demonis Sabonis. Okay. So just, like, right off that list, there are, like – there is like one guy who very much does not fit and another guy I could make a huge argument for. <laughs> okay. Who doesn't fit? I think it's insane to have Jared Allen this deep. in. The list. <laughs> okay. All right. He what is, is 
he is an all-star. Um, now look, I love Evan Mobley. I think Evan Mobley is like kind of up next. Um, I also think everybody got like a little carried away in the early season and just with like the Kevin Garnett comps. Yeah, wrote in like baby <laughs> and then just immediately attributed everything good that was going on with the Cavs, like first and foremost to him, and then ancillarily to like Garland and Allen. Sure. I, Jared Allen is making like twenty million dollars a year on average. Yeah, that's like not very much, <laughs> like sure. in the NBA for a young like player. I get that like centers you don't want to like cost control like that very much, but like that's that's like under a sixth of the cap. That's like less than a starter would get. Yeah. So, like, and he's an all star. Like, so what? What am I? What am I missing? <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that is a good point because because normally you would say, well, you don't want to pay centers. You don't want to do DeAndre Ayton's on here for that exact reason, where right. as a year ago, I believe DeAndre Ayton was a top 15 or 20 player in Bill's mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even joking. I remember specific right. podcasts where he said he was like a top 50, like an all-NBA guy. Right. And now he's all the way down here because teams don't want to pay him. But, like, Jared Allen's on a good contract. And I do think that, like <laughs> – and Rasillo actually brought this up on the podcast. The fact that we're still in those 2016 brain numbers mm-hmm. is like a big part of it where people think that $20 million a year is a lot. Right. But like the average starter makes above average starters make $20 million a year. Like yeah. Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, like good solid players, right. but they make $20 million a year. And Jared Allen is probably valued closer to 30, 35 million or whatever. Right. Also, I didn't, I never understood why he would, one of, one of my favorite bill isms Mm -hmm. is when he revisits the Harden trade and he's like, I don't know why they threw in Jared Allen. I'm like, they traded for James Harden. Like you have to give up something to get James Harden. Right. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess what I would say is it is weird that Houston didn't seem to want him. Like, you know, like, yeah. The, the argument Cavs, back is that they didn't give up Karis LeVert. Like what? No, is, no, they gave up a, they literally gave up a, a first round pick from the Milwaukee Bucks. That's insane. Which I think, I think I might be wrong here, but I think it became U- Usman Garuba. It might've been Josh oh, Christopher. God. One of those two. Jesus but, Christ. but, but yeah. in defense of Houston, yeah. They said, we don't want any good players that might make us too good. And I think that a lot of people recognize by that point, like I have a tweet from that time where I was like, wait, how did the Cavs get Jared Allen for yeah. a, a late first from the Milwaukee? Like Jared Allen's like one of the only players in the NBA that could capably guard Joel Embiid at the time. He can't anymore because Joel Embiid's went up a level. But like at the time, he was one of the few guys who could capably like hang with Embiid. He was a great rim protector, great lob threat, great like just he's just really good. And I yeah. remember being like, "What the fuck? Why is he included?" And it still feels like, based on this list and just based on the general perception of Jared Allen, that he is being a little bit undervalued. But I do think that it kind of just goes back to everything we've talked about with centers, which is yeah. like, it. God, I sound like a fucking Maury brain person right now, but like it's the market inefficiency of the NBA is just to have a really, really good center that isn't yeah. like Jokic or Embiid on like a decent contract, like Rob Williams, uh, like Jared Allen. Like there's a handful of guys who fall into this category. 
that's true. I would counter by saying they have Al Horford at 30. <laughs> it should sure, be, you know. Sure, so sure. the Celtics have, like, Al Horford at 30. like, right. um, But only for one more year. And also, right. Al yeah. is one of the rare centers who can kind of hybrid play power forward and center. Well, yeah, and I think that's kind of what's more important here is is having, like, floor space. Like, Draymond is, like, in by today's NBA standards, effectively a center because he, like, really can't shoot. Like, he, sure. he's, like, a playmaking center, you know? Like, right. that is, like, you want to get him in pick and roll to kind of, like, facilitate the offense. But, like, ideally you want him, like, not at the three-point line. So, okay. But but I'll, I'll even give you Speaking that. Speaking of Draymond, yeah. though. Yeah. Speaking of Draymond. I know that he had his weird games in the playoffs. Okay. I know all that. They didn't, Bill didn't even have him on the list. Rosillo had to be like, you gotta include Draymond. And then they put him at number 64, literally last on the list. The the Warriors had the number one defense in the NBA in the regular season and in the playoffs, largely due to the fact that Draymond Green is the anchor of that team. Now, Andrew Wiggins is an important part, you know, like, I, I think that there are pieces of that defense that matter, but like Draymond is the engine that makes that defense go. And the fact that he was almost not included on the list is crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, like, let me see. So Bill had like John Collins on his like miss list, right? Like I was like honorable mention. Um, John Collins makes like $2 million less per year than Draymond and is under contract for like three more years. Draymond is only like under contract for this year. And then next year he has a player option. And again, $25 million, which sounds like a lot of money. Okay. But as like a function of the cap, that's like a little bit more than a fifth of the cap. <laughs> yeah. like, so like, you know, so that's like, you know, if you're building out an eight man team, that you want like a mid-level starter there. Like, you want that to be on a championship squad. That's going to be your third man. That's sure. a pretty good, like getting the defensive player of the year, like he, which he would have won if he was healthy the whole year, like right. on, uh, on that contract. I don't know. Like, I think this is what I was saying about Bill kind of like overthinking the contracts. Cause the other one that crazy stands out to me in this group is Fred Van Vliet. Another crazy good contract. Another all star <laughs> making twenty one million dollars. Like, I, I didn't he just extend. But if you extend while you're still on the team, you can only make eight percent more a year. So, like, right. when the cap goes up, Fred Van Fleet will make thirty million dollars, but the cap will be like one fifty. So yeah. that that contract is incredibly valuable to the Raptors and. So that was another guy that I was like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Also, the fact that he called the group quality starters, like yeah, two all stars, three. If you there's three all stars, yeah. <laughs> there's there's literally okay. So all right, there's four all stars. If you include from the past two or three years, oh, you have Sabonis. So, yeah. Okay. Jared Allen <laughs> and Sabonis is his own issue. With, yeah. like, the floor raising versus ceiling capping and all that yeah, shit. But, like, exactly. you yeah. have DeMar DeRozan, who, by the way, Bill was, like, number second team All-NBA this year. And he was like, but my point here mm-hmm. is that if you called a team and said, do you want DeMar for this guy, they wouldn't do it. And I'm like, but you, by your own standards, he's a fucking top 15 player from this past season. Like, how is that not more valuable than, like, 
guys who are ahead of him on the list, like well, we'll get into the next year. But like to me, like I understand why guys like Sabonis and and uh, Demar would be a little bit lower just right. due to the fact that they probably cap your ceiling if they're on their on your team. Right. Exactly. But at the same time, the name of the list is quality starters, and you have. Yeah. You have guys like Draymond Green, who everyone talks about Rudy Gobert. And if you have Rudy Gobert, you have a top five defense. If you have Draymond Green, you have a top five defense. Like that, that's what I'm saying here is like, this should not be the, this is, this should be like the sometime all-stars tier. Right, right. So like when I did mine, like just for example, okay. Cause I, I totally like DeMar was the one I had, and uh, Sabonis for sure were the ones I had the least problems with, but like. Sure. Also, DeMar DeFrosen was literally all NBA last year. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, so, you know, I, I get all this other stuff. Like, I had DeMar, what I felt like was crazy low, and I had him 54th. You know, sure. for comparison, Bill had him 59th. You know, so I, I feel like I'm one of the lowest people on DeRozan, and that felt, like, low for me. And that, I like, I had him five spots higher. I just, I think sometimes, as we're going to see later on in the list, too, the other thing is, like, Good young players are definitely the most valuable, like, contract. Like, Anthony Edwards is one of, like, the most valuable players in the NBA. Sure. Jason Tatum, you know, those guys. You have to kind of – you can't just assume because a guy was, like, a high draft pick or something else, like, immediately project him outward or because he, like, looked good his first year that that's going to be – summer league. <laughs> Yeah. Literally for Keegan Murray, summer league. Like I think Keegan yeah. Murray is going to be a good player. I think well, he's going to be like a Harrison Barnes type player. But like, even if Tyler you're projecting Hero. off summer league, yeah. Okay, we'll talk right. about Tyler Hero when we get yeah. there because that yeah. is that's one that I was I did not understand at all. But all right, let's right. move on to the next tier, right. which is the upside gang. So we have basically a bunch of young players. We have Tyrese Halliburton, right. Tyrese Maxey, Herb Jones. Jaron Jackson Jr., R.J. Barrett, Franz, Va- Franz Wagner, and Josh Giddy. So, to me, there's one insane inclusion on here. Oh, there's two insane inclusions. One for the right reason, or for the wrong reasons. Actually, both for the wrong reasons, but for an opposite direction. So, mm-hmm. Herb Jones' inclusion on here, we'll get to that in a little bit. But Franz Wagner, literally, in my opinion, was just as good as, like, every rookie in this class, like yeah. Yeah. just as good as Mobley, just as yep. good as Scotty. Yep. Like, why is he 50, 52nd on a list of 64 players when all of those guys that I just mentioned are in the top of this list? That's what I didn't understand at all. I, I had Scotty like a little higher not than Bill. I had him much lower than Bill, but I had him yeah. like higher in relative to like other young guys, just because like the the wing the wing aspect is sure. so important, and like you know I, the the rebounding in particular, and like the fact that he like kind of got his reps in and like didn't look like absolute dog shit, but like Franz is like right there, you know, <laughs> like like it's the did you. Was it you that tweeted out the flirting versus uh, harassment meme with like, yes. the, the front? <laughs> who did you use Franz and who? Oh, I uh, no, I I've done it before with um shit. Yep. I don't think I've ever done it with Franz, but I've seen it with Franz and Scotty, 
where it's yeah. like they basically have identical stats. Obviously, Scotty's yeah. a better defender, but also right. think about the context in the situation. Right. Exactly. Like Franz is the main initiator on a team that has like five NBA players. And right. Scotty Barnes is like the third option on a really good team. Right. Like I give like I give Scotty like credit because I also think like it is kind of hard to like all NBA some of that's stuff like pers like personally i think some of that stuff's sure. like a little you also don't want a nation of people you don't want a nation of people showing up at your doorstep well i mean we'll talk i'm sure we'll get to the kd shit later and I, i'll 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 immediately have all the raptors fans flip on me, and, you know, <laughs> me but the um but i just don't think like like you know i for example here's something um i had franz 44th um i had paulo 36 <laughs> like like why and and I didn't feel good about it. Like I, I don't we, like putting Palo out of Franz. Where what is the guarantee Palo will be better than Franz? You know, sure. like and, you and, don't and know that, there was about a, a year ago I did a podcast with Nihilus Bucks and mm -hmm. everyone was doing the would you rather have Cade Cunningham or Lamelo? Would you rather have Cade Cunningham or Cade or or Cade Cunningham or Cade Cunningham? I'm not, mm -hmm. uh, no, but would you rather have Cade or SGA? And I was like. Well, I'm going to take the guy who I know is already, like, going to be an all-star. Like, I don't know. Like, one, like one who is amazing right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, imagine if we went back to 2017. Would you rather have uh, Bradley Beal or Markel Fultz? Like, yeah, I'll probably take Bradley Beal over Markel Fultz yeah. because Markel Fultz literally could break his brain and not be – number one pick status like that that can happen at any time so like ranking these guys who have never played in the nba is hard even though i love paulo bencaro and i think he's the best player from this draft it's hard for me to say like project it forward how is he going to be in the nba and there's one guy that was from that group of players that i thought was way too high on this list too yeah no but yeah i mean well I, i'm assuming you're talking about jabari right of course yeah we'll get to that but yeah. Okay, so this another thing about this tier, Herb Jones' inclusion here is legitimately insane. Like, I like Herb Jones a lot. I think he's a really cool, fun, young player. He's like 23 years old. He's like already like close enough to his prime that like he's probably not going to get much better. And like, yes, he's a very useful archetype of player in that kind of perimeter defense that can like bill said like oh the best defenders in the nba plus the ability to shoot and it's like all right well we've seen one year of her being able to shoot like it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a good shooter moving forward like history suggests that he'll probably be a decent shooter but like mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that he's going to be absolutely elite and that's like where like you're comparing him to like the michael bridges the og ananobis those kind of guys right. that like are like actually really good defenders and actually really good shooters. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like the other thing, like I, this is as good a time as to talk about it. This is it just Bill like fucked himself and shot himself in the foot doing these insane tears. Where, like, I know like he felt like he had to like put all the young guys here. Right. Like, does he actually think that like, what is this? Nine guys in a row are all under 25, and that's like the correct like ranking for yeah. those guys. I think that's how we end up with like Fred Van Bleet 60 and Jared Allen 61. Right. Like 
like let's just like go here okay um because the other thing about the trade rankings thing this is how i did it because i think that this is that it's an insane exercise so you don't know what team you've been shuffled around you're blindfolded um you're you're put in a a like a front office you don't know which front office you're in and you're just given the trade with the blindfold on you have no idea what your situation is because obviously that like changes things like if you're OKC, you're not going to trade Josh Giddy for Fred, Fred Van Vliet, you know, like it just doesn't make sense for your, your timeline. But I think that you like if you just tell me right now, would you rather have Josh Giddy um, or Fred Van Vliet and you are X team? I'm going with like Fred Van Vliet because that's a more valuable player like right now. Right. And. You know, like I, I, that's kind of how I did it. So I just think it's like kind of crazy. It's just so crazy to have like all stars that make like literally like almost half the max. <laughs> like, right. Like at the end of the list, like, right. like, and maybe they won't be all stars every year, but they're at least going to make a few all star teams. And they've been a part of winning teams. It's my big yeah. part of this. It's like Jared Allen and Fred Van Fleet aren't the kind of winning players or the kind of all star players that like, aren't necessarily like winning players that are on like contenders. Like they've been on legit teams. They've contributed to winning in the regular season, in the playoffs. Like it doesn't really make any sense to me to have them that low on the list, but like the the inclusion of Herb Jones here is like, he's ahead of Tyrese Maxey and Tyrese Halliburton. There isn't a single fucking GM in the NBA that would take Herb Jones over Tyrese Halliburton or Tyrese Maxey. There just isn't there. Like, Honestly, I would argue those two are better players right now, and they have a much higher ceiling. And they're on for one less year; they're on a rookie contract than Herb Jones. Yeah. Spoiler: I, Your fans are going to think I'm trying to score brownie points here, but I, I actually moved Tyrese like up substantially <laughs> on my list so, from like where where Bill had him. So like, I think I both of the Tyrese's are very very low. I think that both of the Tyrese's yeah. should be higher, like significantly. Like I think that. I think that people underrate how good both of these guys can be because one, I think Tyrese Halliburton is Franz Wagner is the same thing. People look at the athleticism. And by the way, Franz is actually pretty athletic. He's just like a white guy. So people think he's not that athletic, but like people just look at like on the surface, like, okay, this guy's really athletic. So his ceiling must be really high versus like Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey are just really good basketball players that are super young and will continue to get better due to like, they work hard. They're in good good fits for what they need. Like Tyrese Halliburton has his own team now with the Pacers. They'll be able to build something out around him in that vision. And then Maxi is like a super scalable player for a small guard. That like was, yeah, and that's yeah. the that's the main that that's like the main thing in that exercise where you're in the Schrodinger's GM office and you don't know <laughs> like where you where you are. Mm-hmm. Like I I ended up. Like this, forty-two. Like this. This is where I had Tyrese in between Mikhail Bridges and Franz. You know, sure. <laughs> and I had the next two below him were Marcus Smart and Fred Van Vliet. And I like really struggled with like that group of guys because they're all like pretty similar. Like Marcus and Fred, I think are you know substantially better than Franz and Tyrese. But it's like, at what point does the money and the age? like matter and where do you draw that line if you're because this this is all the stuff all the tiebreakers that like context would play into you know right like um like for example if you're the sixers 
would you rather have i think they're a great a fascinating example like Gun to your head if you're a Sixers fan. Would you rather have Marcus Smart or Tyrese Maxey? <laughs> Tyrese Maxey. Not even a question yeah. in my mind. And yeah. this is why. This is why. This is why. Yeah. I think Marcus Smart is awesome. I think he's yeah. – if anything, he's a little bit underrated. It's funny where yeah. he would be included. Like, he just won Defensive Player of the Year, and it was, like, yeah. earned. Like, he's, like, one yeah. of the best defenders in the NBA. He's underrated offensively. Fantastic. He would actually be a really good fit next to James Harden. But I think yeah. that if you look at the Sixers' current personnel – Unless you think James Harden can get back to all NBA James Harden, you have to have that swing piece like Tyrese Maxey that totally has agree. the upside yeah. of becoming an all-star and becoming like a guy – we already know he fits well. He kind of provides something that the Sixers lack. And it's not that Marcus Smart does it because Marcus Smart and James Harden would be an insanely good backcourt complementary-wise. But yeah. – but the right. problem is, is that the Sixers don't have a shot unless Maxi becomes a legit shot star. And like, yeah. as good as I think that you could argue, Smart has a maybe a star level impact, but I don't yeah. think that he's going to be the second or third guy on a championship team with Joel Embiid as the best player and James Harden as your second best player. Yeah, and I, I mean, that, and that's just like where you have to come down. Like that one, that one was like so fascinating. Franz too, Mikhail yeah. Bridges, Fred, all those guys. Like that was like a tier for me. Desmond Bain too was was the next yeah. one below Fred. Like I, all those guys, it's just like insane trying to like value them. And I think that's how Bill needed to like build his tiers a little bit more. Cause like I just did them like you know, going through the process in my head, like who would I trade for who? Who says no? Like in more teams on more situations. Like if you're right, if you don't know what team you're trading for, what gives you the best chance to win hypothetically if you don't know like uh, everything right. else being if it's just you know. everything almost starts from scratch kind of thing it's yeah, a different right. story but i also think that like would you rather have josh giddy or Lamelo ball <laughs> what an insane question that that was I, asked on I, this podcast i i mean i told you i dropped i mean they're just insanely high on giddy i mean i get it like he's good but like he's very good like Lamelo again, almost made an All Star team. Was he an All Star son? Like I he made the All Star team. No, he yeah, made he the All Star team. Yeah, yeah. Like, he like no, he just like I think he just like straight up made the All Star team. He might have been the first substitution actually because Jimmy Butler was out or something. But like, no, it wasn't Jimmy Butler. There was someone else. It might have been Kevin Durant, and they put Lamelo Ball in. But long story short. LaMelo Ball is an all-star level player with potential to be an all-NBA player, and we already know that bird in the hand, LaMelo Ball, on his rookie contract still one year different than – and I do think that this is where something with Trey Young that we'll get into later is, like, they just hate LaMelo's style of player. Like, they, they've yeah. always hated this player – this kind of player where it's like they're viewed as like heliocentrism, like heliocentric chucker, like whatever it is. Whereas like Josh Giddy plays like a, (laughs) uh, what's the undertones here? He plays a very, he plays a very much fail guy. Yeah. 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 He's a hard worker, smart player. (laughs) But my whole thing here is like, look, Josh Giddy, I think if the shot ever comes around, will be a very, very good player, potentially an all-star player. But at the same time, like, we already know LaMelo is that. And I think that that – what LaMelo is now to me is similar to what Josh Giddey's ceiling is. Right. And it's insane that that question would ever come up on this podcast. Like, to me, the Tyrese Maxey for Marcus Smart one is a little bit more interesting because of team situation. 
Right. And like, like where your team is, how you can extend your window, what your window is, all that shit, what your situation is. Whereas LaMelo ball for Josh Giddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. LaMelo ball for Josh Giddy is, is like not even a question. We need to get into the next tier because I have something here that will, so we'll talk about in the Genova, the Genovese tier, which is the playoff guys. We have Tyler Hero, Jordan Poole, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brunson, Andrew Wiggins, and Michael Bridges. So, Tyler Hero's inclusion on here is one of the most fucking insane things that I've ever seen in my entire life. Tyler Hero, I I did I crunched some numbers here. The, the bubble like, gave everyone brain damage. Like, like what? Tyler Hero. I would argue I wouldn't even want to have Tyler Hero on my team if I'm trying to build a championship team. What you do, especially if he's like pissed he's not a starter. Like, all right, right. yeah, like, yeah. Just, yeah. Like if he wants to be Jordan, right. if he wants to be Jordan Clarkson or like a worse version of right. CJ McCollum, sure, yes. fine. Right. But if he wants to be the guy, there's no way I'm trading for Tyler Hero. I just want to bring you up, bring you the Tyler Hero playoff stats since the bubble. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's hear what uh, Macklemore Jamal Crawford got up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> In the playoffs here, I'll tell you. I'll tell you uh, what, as a Celtics fan who watched that Heat series, I'll tell you who, who I was not, who I was, I was thrilled when he was on the floor was Tyler Hero. And this is someone I should be traumatized by the Tyler Hero game in the, the bubble. Like I should have been terrified of him. It was not. It was incredibly comfortable with Tyler Hero on the floor as a Celtics fan. P- pituitary right. Jack Harlow. <laughs> <laughs> that was your joke. But, um, <laughs> But here, yeah. Tyler Hero playoff stats since the bubble. Okay. 11.8 11. points per game, 2.5 assists per game, Killing it. 3.7 rebounds per game, 39% from the field, and 25% from three. So how is Tyler Hero included in the playoff guys tier? Cause, cause Bill has like brain damage, and he can't. He remembers the thirty-seven point fucking game against the Celtics two years ago. That's like literally all this is. Cause outside of that game, he was a little bit cheeks in that series too. Like, I don't know. I, I felt like I was getting that. That series is like a very traumatic event for me. Cause I. Well, I that's the thing. Tyler Hero only had like three good games in the bubble too. That's one yeah. thing that is forgotten in time is that Tyler Hero had like three or four really good games, but the peaks of those games were insane, but you're in a setting with no fucking fans and he's a shooter. So like, yeah, I think it's going to benefit him a little bit if he's in a no fan environment and he can just shoot with no fans in the stands. And he shot way above his head from mid range from three and it inflated his stats to the point where people really think he's like a playoff performer. Now he was terrible in the Hawks series. He was not good. in he was good in the Sixers series until Embiid came back. And then he was like, not very good and sometimes. Okay. And then he was bad in the something you brought it up. They faked an injury for him. I'm they convinced. Did. They did. They were faking injuries left and right. Jimmy, I, God, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's injury is like so funny. Like, you watch Rob Williams, like, literally just looks like he's been shot six <laughs> times. 
and is like doing his best. So Jimmy is just fucking spry, bouncing off guys. <laughs> like he gets yeah, the most I'm passes like, of anyone because he has three bad games in a row. You're like, yeah, but he's injured. It's like, okay, sounds good. Thank he, you. Like, he scores like forty and has like one of the best games of his career. And, and that's all anyone remembers, which is actually yeah. kind of fucking brilliant. No, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, honestly, I think Jimmy Butler is a good player, but I, he's like, extremely he's, good. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the best. I, spoiler alert: I I had Jimmy very high. I he should be. 11. He should be very high on the list. Yeah, I had Jimmy 11th, but like, I just was annoyed by that. But I, I think the thing. Do you remember like when Harden was first making noise about like wanting to get out, but like yeah. before the Nets traded him, so it was like after the bubble season. Yeah, and, and there was like stories that like. The Heat like weren't even entertaining putting Tyler Hero in a James Harden pack. <laughs> yes, and Jimmy Butler was liking posts on Instagram about Harden wanting to play for the Heat, yeah. and he knew what that meant. Yeah, I just it was like the most clear thing to anyone with eyeballs that like Tyler Hero is like really not that guy. Like he is an okay player. He's an NBA player. He's good, like for sure. Like he's, he's actually, he's I would say, I would go as far to say yeah. he's a good player. Yeah, but I would not say that he's a playoff guy, a all a all star level talent. He's not one of the fifty best players in the NBA. He is not better better than Franz Wagner. <laughs> he's not better than Tyrese Maxey or Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton. Maxey, Tyrese Halliburton. Who are the Who are the other guys on rookie deals? And they're both younger than him. Jaron Jackson Jones. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Jaron Jackson Jr., who's in the tier before him. Yeah, and I yeah. know that Jaron Jackson Jr. has injuries, but like uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. also was just arguably the most impactful player in a Grizzlies Warrior series. Right. So I think the best comp here for Tyler Hero is like Jordan Poole, and sure. like you know, like what? Where do you want to draw the line there? Because they are like pretty similar players. Um, I would take Poole over Hero, but yeah, yeah. And that well, that's what I did. I, I had Jordan Poole fiftieth on my list, and. Uh, Tyler Hero, like, and I, maybe, you know, that's the only one where I'm willing to, like, give a little, because, like, how fair is it really that, like, one of these guys gets to play with Steph Curry and this other guy is, like, in absolute spacing hell with, like, Jimmy Butler and fucking, <laughs> like, nine guys who, like, I don't know. I, I like, I, I will admit that, that, like, you know, Jordan Poole probably gets a little bit of a pass because, like, he was on a championship team. Like, when the chips are down, how, like, similar different are these guys they're both know. heat they're both heat check guys yeah. i think i i think that mm -hmm. where i would differentiate tyler hero from jordan pool is that i think that the fact that jordan pool i think tyler hero peaking as early as he did was bad for his brain like i legitimately mm -hmm. think that like he was like oh i'm a superstar now whereas jordan pool was like one of the worst players in the nba and worked himself into like one of the 75 best players in the nba and i right. think that that literally has had a positive impact on where he is and also everyone built talks about heat culture and they talk about like their system and whatever i'm like jordan pool is perfect for that warrior situation in a similar way to right. like when Clay Thompson was in his prime. Like, right. I don't I don't know if Jordan Poole will be able to stay on the court in the playoffs and have as much impact as Clay Thompson because Clay was actually a good on-ball defender when he was at his peak. He was like legitimately really good. But mm. at the same time, like I could see in I could see Jordan Poole being contributing to high-level winning more so than I could see with Tyler Hero due to the right. fact that I think that like he's in a perfect situation for himself. And because right. I think that Tyler Hero, like defensively he's going to be an issue and i think that jordan Poole presents a lot of the same problems but like 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little bit higher on Jordan Poole than, than Tyler here. Maybe it's just because he's the flavor yeah. of the month. But all right. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah. Honestly, I thought the rest of this tier was fine. I thought Jalen Brunson might have been a little bit of a like yeah. overstatement. Uh, yeah. Like I, I, to be in the I'm playoff guys a... tier when he wasn't on the able to to play in the Clipper series a year ago. Like, yeah. I know we did really good for the Mavs in the playoffs this year, and then he got that contract for the Knicks, and I love Jalen Brunson. He's, like, a Philly guy, went to Nova and shit, but, like, right. yeah, and I'm just, like, I don't know if I would include him. This what, what is, what's the annual value on his contract? What did that shake out to? 25? It's, like, 25 to 30 million, something. Yeah. It's a fine contract, to be honest. Like, I don't yeah, think that's what I'm crazy. Saying. Like, it, it comes down to like, do you think he can be one of these like fringe all star guys like we were bringing up, like, you know, Fred Van Fleet and Jared Allen, where if they like have a good season they're in, or if someone gets hurt they're in, and then like, yeah, you know, the next year they might be out because someone else has a good season. I, I'm a little more skeptical just because like he's smaller and like, I don't know. I really think Luca is the balls. Like, I really like. No, for sure. I, I, I'm really interested to see like what he's like without Luca. I mean, maybe, to be fair, he fine. did. I thought he won them a playoff game without Luca mm-hmm. in that Jazz in that Jazz series. But the Jazz were mm-hmm. like, they were like the 1926ers. Like they were like, they were the 1819 right. Celtics. They were like, just get the fucking season over with. We're done. We're blowing right. it up. Like, there's context to everything here, and like. Look, I love Jalen Brunson. I hope he does well, but like, I think it's a bit of a reach to call him a, a, a playoff guy already. But the other guys, I think, all have at least like Wiggins was the second best player on a championship team. Desmond Bain played well in the playoffs, and also is just like I think he probably should have been included in the upside tier if we're talking about like normal like brain thinking. <laughs> but uh, and then like also like my other thing was like why is Michael Bridges higher than OG Ananobi, I guess is my question. Who I, like, yeah. is he that much better than OG Ananobi? I think they're, like, kind of the same player, and OG makes less money. Yeah, and and he's I'm, younger than Michael Bridges. I would say OG has, like, some injury stuff, right? Sure. Like, that, that's, like, I, I would say that's a difference. Um, I, I, like, kind of get one. Isn't OG's contract, like, a little bit, shorter too like he's under contract yeah, i think he has like, two more years or something yeah, like, like he might have a player option on yeah, the last year exactly so he's got two more years he's got this year next year and then a player option three years out which i guess that's well, i would love to get rid of every raptors player on this list <laughs> and we'll eliminate them <laughs> i kick him out of the league right they're just out of here um so like i i think i don't know i this also could be me just being like a little annoyed with like the OG stuff because like people are like he he's like an all star like he's an upcoming like with the, Zach like, Lowe saying it would be a risk on his podcast to trade OG and an OB yeah, for like, Kevin Durant. Durant. Yeah, it's like no, no. There's not. Let, let, spoiler alert. Let me let me get you there. He is deep enough and is who he is enough at this point. He will not be an all star. No, like, I'm sorry. He no, will no. be. He is like the the rich man's auto porter. And that's sure. fine, you know. Yeah. Like he's a he's a three he's a three time uh, most improved player candidate, right? Like he, preseason he's... favorite. Yeah. So like I don't know. I I think I kind of agreed with it, but just because like Bridges' contract like goes longer, um, they're about the same to me. I, I think I know, would include them in the same tier, but three, yeah, like, three million. I just Mikhail's. I think Mikhail's longer too, right? Isn't OG is. like? 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and I don't know. It just, I, I think Mikhail's like a little bit quicker too. Like I think of OG as being like a little bit more of like a forward guarder versus like Mikhail being like a true wing, like defender. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. um, I, I value that like a little bit more. I did have him like a little bit higher, but like, I also, that's like pretty small potatoes to me. I right. think that's I they'll beholder stuff. Like, you know, right. like, I'm just thinking, like, he's uh, OG three tiers below him. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that is a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, But also, like, we saw Michael Bridges in a finals, which, once again, will break Bill's brain. Where it's like, he was in the final, so he has to be even higher than, like, he has to be one of the core pieces of a Kevin Durant trade, right? Right. I mean, I just admitted that like Jordan, I like, I value Jordan Poole way more than Tyler Hero. And I really don't like, like in any given season, those guys could be the same player, you know? I mean, a lot of the role players that are included on here are just like guys who were good recently. Like, like, like Rusillo said, like Marcus Smart wouldn't have been on this list last year because they don't understand the importance of Marcus Smart to the Celtics. And like, it's very obvious what his importance is to the Celtics. Right. And it, I kind of would argue yeah. the same for OG Ananobi with the Raptors. The, the Rosillo and Bill, like, trying to, like, backtrack on, like, Marcus Smart to, like... <laughs> it's, it's like he's the same like, player! Drives me fucking insane. Like, he, it's like, oh, he's, like, so different now. It's He's literally the fucking same. The difference yeah. is that he doesn't have Dennis Schroeder or fucking Kemba in front of him. Like this, that's literally all that changed. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly, dude. Oh, what the God. fuck? Um. Anyway. So let's move on to the next year, the Westbrooks, yeah. which is the regular season. Guys, love Bill. Bill loves to take digs at Westbrook. It's hilarious. Uh, so we have forty-three Bradley Beal, forty-two Shea Gilgis Alexander. 41 Jade and Ivy, who has not played a single regular season game in the NBA, and and 40 DeJounte Murray. This is this is truly insane. Okay, like first off, I'm gonna say this right off the cut because I was looking at this is another like harassment versus flirting, I the beholder thing, okay, where like are Shay Gilgis Alexander and DeJounte Murray like very different players? Probably not. Like Shea right. is a more efficient player, like who's before like, this year. Shea younger. was a more efficient player, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, overall, too, I think Deontay's at about uh, career fifty-three true shooting percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he's he's know, not the most efficient guy. Or no, sorry, fifty-one. And yeah, you know, Shea is at you know career, uh, you know, fifty-seven. But Shea had like a, a more down year last year. He had a down year, but also OKC. OKC is yeah, trying to ruin his career to in the game. <laughs> Um, but like, I, I, I just think it's insane to have Shea Gilgis Alexander like this low on the list. He's a 23 year old, like, uh, again, in the same mold. And I think with like more upside, like he's a fringe all-star guy who I could pretty easily see like moving into that, like next class of guys. Like he's a I huge, think he could be like a, I, I think he'd be like a third team all NBA guy. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I just think it's insane. Like. He speaking of guys in bad situations, we were just talking about Franz, right? Like, he is literally playing with G Leaguers like every fucking night that he's out there and w- was winning. And they have to fight, they have to fake injuries for him. Back to back seasons. Yes. Like they're ruining his if he's like stays on that dog shit team again, I'm gonna go fucking insane. <laughs> like 
they, I, they have to trade him. But like, again, to like return to how different things are um, with different things. I mean, so he's, he's someone who actually makes like real max money. Like he's making the $30 million. Like, he's amount. entering the max money right now. Right. Exactly. So like that would be probably, that's probably why Bill has him low, but like, here's another guy who's like in there, like Brandon Ingram is Jamal Murray um, making similar money. Um, Andrew Wiggins, who I believe is like four, what, what, how many spots below? Him? Not like, that many more. Not that many. Not that many. Yeah, it's yeah, no, it's literally four spots. Yep. I, I just think like, I don't know. I, I mean, and again, like Deontay Murray is like a pretty similar player who is an actual all-star and is like not that much higher on him. I just thought the Shea thing was like particularly egregious given how young he is that he's under contract bad situation bad situation like he's exactly and also playoff guys versus regular season guys he's played yeah. like five like 10 career playoff games like we, and yeah. he was a very different player it's it's like when people will bring up a guy early in his career like people love to do this with joel and bead and i'm like joel and bead was a very different player than he was in his first two years in the playoffs like I you mean, can't compare what he was four or five years ago to what he is now like shay gilders alexander is a much better player now and he will continue to get better probably he was he was a guy like i really wanted the like celtics to like target with like a you know, like a Rudy Gobert package where it's like sure. before this is before they turn their season around, but I like was like let just Al Horford's contract and like trade him back every, to the Thunder. Yeah. Every fucking pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very rude. But um yeah, I, I guess they probably couldn't have done that. But like you you could have like gotten there with like I think it was like Schroeder and like um you had like Wancho's fucking contract at the time. But I, neither here nor there. Um, but I just think like Shea is like way too low. I had him 25th on my list. I had him ahead of Donovan Mitchell on my list. I also <laughs> wanted to say Donovan. here, like, uh, yeah. I would not have him ahead of Donovan Mitchell, but I, I would have him significantly higher than 42 mm-hmm. on my list. Um, Bradley Beal, I like, he makes, he's going to make the most money of any player in NBA history, except for Jokic. Yeah. Like, that seems significant. Like, if you're trading for Bradley Beal, you have to give up just a ton to match the salary. Like, that's the biggest thing for me is, like, if we're talking pure trades, like, you have to give up a lot. And, like, I understand he's a very good player. He's probably a top 30 player. But, like, the fact that it takes so much just to get him in the first place, he gets to pick where he wants to go. So, like, I guess you'll have to give up a little bit less because he has the no trade clause. But, like... I, I'm I'm almost like Bradley Beal should be lower, which is crazy to me because he's 43. Yeah. But like, I would not want to be stuck with that contract. If it, I, I think that it has significant downside, I'll say that much. Right. I I will say that I think I agree with what you said. I did end up moving him up a little bit, but I think it's he's more very good. good. He's yeah. a very good player. I did end up moving him up a little bit, but like, you know, I think all of your points are like pretty salient i also think he's gonna have a little bit of a bounce back here but i think what you just said about brad beal can be like tripled for when we get to the next tier damian lillard (laughs) like absolutely yeah yeah. like i think that's the worst example because he's making i think even more money for longer and is older he's gonna make 60 million in a few years yeah i mean which once again when the cap goes up it won't be as much but 60 million is still 60 million like that's like it's going to be at least almost a third of your salary cap. 
even if the cap goes up a bunch. Like, it, it's a lot. It's a lot of fucking money. And so right. that's the – oh, Matt is back. He ha- Have you – Matt, are you there? Are you there? He's been freed. Matt has been freed. Wow. <laughs> Matt has escaped. How you doing, bud? Um, he got back, and he said it's chill and don't worry about it. And then nice. he go. <laughs> I probably should have told you this, but that's how a lot of like cousin Kyle's like kidnappings go. <laughs> I know a lot of girls who have been kidnapped by him and they say that that's usually how it goes. So. He just like, he, he yeah. went to Shake Shack for 40 minutes. He came back. He said, it's chill. He told me not to worry about it. That's awesome. Nice, dude. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm glad you're glad not to see that you're awesome. safe and home, dude. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, it's honestly chill. I'm not worried about it. So we're about to transition into uh, the sorry he's worth more to us than to you, Tier, which is Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, Jamal Murray, LeBron James, and Donovan Mitchell. Okay, they spent they they spent like thirty five seconds talking about LeBron James at thirty five. That okay? Yeah, that is insane. I know LeBron is thirty seven. Yeah. I know he's if on LeBron, his contract. If LeBron James went on the trade market right now. Every single team would what? be twerking. Okay, so hold on. He literally justifies because Rudy Gobert's in the next tier. He had Rudy ahead of him because he knows he went for a lot in a trade. What do you think LeBron would go for in a trade? And I understand he has one year left. Yeah. But it like would be the biggest trade haul. He would pick NBA. where he wants to go. Like yeah. that is the like the like the LeBrons, the KDs, like they're gonna get massive trade hauls back and they get to pick where they want to go. So when I did this, I ended up with LeBron at 21 and I had, Way and, I felt, and I felt sick about, it. no, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, do I really want to do this? Like I had him in between LeBron and Ingram and Cat. Like, like I, I had Cat a little higher. I was like, I, I, I guess I'd like, I would have never Kat have Carol Anthony. I, I, I think I would have LeBron James over Carl Anthony Jones, when, when no matter have, what the situation. When you have a chance to have Cade Cunningham 20 spots ahead of LeBron. <laughs> Simply take it and don't think. Okay, here are the guys that were included ahead of LeBron James. Pascal Siakam, Jabari Smith. That's awesome. Drew Holiday, Jalen Green, Rudy Gobert, and Carl Anthony Towns. That's awesome. That rocks. And the only rationale for the Gobert thing is that he went for a huge package, but like, like it was just because of Minnesota. Like, have you heard anything of any other team, like, like, like coming close? Like, I haven't heard anything about other teams no. like for Gobert. No, that that was a that was an isolated incident of this team was desperate it to upgrade the roster. Trades it ruined the Kevin Durant trade. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and people are saying, well, KD's not going to get back as big of a haul as Rudy Gobert. I'm like, first off, he will. Yeah. Second off, oh, one hundred percent. Whatever your perception of what Rudy Gobert got back, like there were no really needle moving players included in that trade. A lot of solid players, Jared Vanderbilt, Patrick Beverly, mm-hmm. Malik, Malik Beasley. Beasley. Yeah, we're like they'll flip those players and get picks. But yeah. like, yeah, ultimately those are not needle moving players. Like Michael Bridges is a needle moving player if you already have your first few guys set in place. DeAndre Ayton is a needle moving player if you already have a guy. Like. I do think that it, it is a little bit ridiculous that people are saying that the and, and they would also get every single pick that the Suns could yeah. trade. So like 
that that's where it's different because like it wasn't every pick for Rudy. Like the KD LeBrons are gonna get back a lot more value than fucking Rudy Gobert. Like I don't care how much Rudy Gobert went for; it's just a ridiculous thing. But uh, okay, so speaking of Damian Lillard, did you like? Did you guys like Bill's little tangent on Damian Lillard on the pod when he talked about his press conference? Can you, did re- you remember that? Somebody I'll else your memory. did that and read another podcast. I think it was dunked on. Read his like fucking weird little how cool like, how how cool he was dedicated to his the business. Yeah. Uh, he was saying, okay, I just want to put this in context. He was saying how great Dame was for he because he was talking about the importance of the name on the front of the jersey and not oh, the back of the just jersey, like, which the most manager thing I've ever heard about. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Middle management, like we are. By the way, all right. So there are two layers to this that I thought were really funny. One is that. Jody Allen won't even return Damian Lillard's phone calls, the owner of the Portland Trailblazers. Like, is literally just ghosting him, and he's like, yes, I want to stay here anyway. That was a hilarious part about him, like, caring about the front of the jersey instead of the back of the jersey. The second thing that was the funniest thing to me was the fact that Bill Simmons was the one saying this and how proud he was of Damian Lillard and how much he respected it. You're doing a trade ranking list. You're literally, and your entire brand was built on trades. It would literally be like if I said that. Uh, the slot guy came out and was well, like, oh, you have to be like, dedicated he, to he, your he, team. And- Bill Simmons is like a few DNA strands away from being Buster Blues. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, well, I, I'll, put you, I'll put this in context for you about why that makes sense. Because the thing is that Bill has parked his car, and Rosillo too is along for the ride on this on i don't know do we really want to give the players all this control sure. uh, i don't know like and, and and dame is like the counter argument to that like where he is you know being management's you know he, he's doing what management asks not causing a fuss he's there for the stuff you know and it's a particularly potent like juxtaposition right now with how brooklyn's stuff is shaping up with like you know KD and Kyrie basically running that franchise and like you know, them butting heads with another rich guy and Josiah and like the Alibaba guy. Yeah. Yeah. The Alibaba guy. And he owns Alibaba. I don't know if you guys know this, but yeah, <laughs> I just think, I don't know. Which is a company that I had to Google and learn what goes, it was. Remember the, clip, the clip I sent you the other day? It was like, and he's just a fierce businessman. I mean, he's the Alibaba guy. He's been talking about how KD went to the Nets because he wants to be involved with Alibaba for like three years. And I'm like, does KD even know what Alibaba is? Sorry, my cat knocked this over. (laughs) No, thank you, Dewey. I will will say this, you know, like, I mean, you do kind of have to have stones to be like a thieving capitalist, like in China, because you can like literally get killed for it. So, like, like, I mean, like Kevin Durant, he's like, you're you're nothing to me, Kevin Durant. Yeah, I will step to Kyrie Irving. I've I've oh. went toe to toe with G. Yeah, yeah, this is the man who did land re- like like this is like the country that did land reforms, and this man is like not scared. So, like, I, I, like in, in that way, he's like built of sterner stuff than like yeah. you know American billionaires, like. Cuban like throws a hissy fit whenever someone says that like, but you know, whenever anyone points out that he's like just has a sexual harassment club like yeah exactly he's like yeah. how dare you yeah. he's like I've I've not stood toe to toe toe to toe with the Chinese government in, in yeah. the same in the same respect uh, he although I will say Cuban might get murked for his new pharmaceutical company I'll say that much 
<laughs> Keep, I, here, he's selling it at cost. He's selling pharmaceuticals at cost. I'm like, you might, you might be on a yeah. list somewhere, bud. Mm-hmm. You're the, you're, uh, the Sacklers are going to um, have you yeah. bag that, brother. You got to get watch your back. <laughs> Uh, but, but going back to like Bill, like being obsessed with like the the name on the front of the jersey, like it, it really like ties into his podcast with Kevin Wild, who I don't know who that is, but he's always comes on. Bill, who podcast. is this guy? Why did he just start coming on? It's got to be like a cousin. Like, like no, it's an old Grantland guy. Is yeah, it? is it a Grantland yeah. guy? I think he was like an ESPN Grantland guy. But, but, like he does these like half baked ideas, and one of like that's his like segment he he does when he comes on Simmons Pod. And the other day I, I sent you the clip and i think you saw it as well sam where where like it's like the last dance and it's like we'll really stick it to uh ownership sticking for one more year you'll really stick it to joe si if you guys win a championship (laughs) yeah yeah oh i made a billion yeah if you want to show your (laughs) if you you want to really ruin your manager's day buckle down work really hard (laughs) and like do record profits That'll show. <laughs> Mark, Bill, oh, Mark. that's like the first page of your manifesto. Work a really good job sticking it to Madrid by winning. Work hard, own your boss, literally. Yeah. yeah, don't cause a fuss. Put your head down and just get get all the work done quick and cheaply. He's like staring. Uh, he's like staring like directly at Michael Bauman as he's yeah. saying this and like and like rubbing a knife against his cheek. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Licking the, the blade. Yeah. God. He's like, oh, oh, God, don't we hate unions? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, Shut up, by the way. Anyways, yeah, uh, Damian, uh, Lillard, Bill, Damian, Damian Lillard's a simp. Moving on. Yeah. yeah. B- Bill, Bill hates unions so much that he has the most divorced guy ever on his podcast. His... <laughs> <laughs> His he's like little sidekick is like a man who will literally never be in a union <laughs> of any kind, marital, financial. His top two, yeah, yeah. It's his top two lieutenants are Rosillo, the ultimate like divorce guy, energy guy, and then Kevin O'Connor, who like has an Elon Musk shirt on at all times. So. Oh, we love him. We love him, yeah. folks. KOC, KOC really is like dark, like the light version of Dean on draft. Like, like, really <laughs> like, 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 it's like, it's the meme of like the happy castle and the dark castle, but it's like the same guy. The only like, difference is like, he has, he, the only difference is like KOC has like, has an article in the drafts about how he has not solved dating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps like telling Vernon like, like yeah, I went on a date the other night. It went really bad. <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, damn, Kev. Yeah, you're a damn, Kevin. <laughs> he does. Or you uh, see King Glizzard and a lizard? That's not a real name. I mean, that's why she laughed, Kevin. Good grief! <laughs> Did you guys hear their uh, "All Cops Are Bastard" uh, yeah, it was like a five segment the other about, day? Yeah, about they did like a traps. ten minute. They did like a ten minute segment on speed traps and like getting speeding ticks. Kevin O'Connor talked about a time that a cop pulled out a gun when he pulled him over, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I didn't even realize that these guys were this this cool. <laughs> yeah, the best the best thing he did during that segment is that he like. 
he the voice he did for the cop like vaguely resembled um vague, vaguely resembled Vernon's voice. He was like, yeah. So I told the cop like, well, I had to honk because they were they weren't driving. He's like, yeah. And the cop goes like, yeah. Well, you shouldn't have honked. <laughs> so next here is too young, too cheap, too good. Please stop calling us. Thirty three Lamelo Ball, who we we we've decided is better than Josh Giddy. Well, I don't know if you missed that part, Matt, but we've decided that Lamelo Ball is better than Josh Giddy. Seems reasonable. <laughs> 32 Jafari Smith, 31 Jalen Green, 30 Darius Garland, 29 okay. Paulo Bencaro, uh, or I'm sorry, Chet Holmgren, and 28 Paulo Bencaro. Okay, I just want to say one thing about this section. He like makes a really hard push for Chet Holmgren to be ahead of Paolo. Rosillo spends 30 seconds explaining why that should not be the case, and Bill's like, okay, yeah, no, I'm gonna flip them. <laughs> Like, good point. I immediately regret this decision. Yeah, no, I didn't the, think about this the, at the, all. The, the thing with this, I mean, we talked about this earlier about how, how this is just so fucking stupid to try and like put guys who like have not played an NBA game, right? Like on this, like that, that's why the draft is like kind of a fucking crapshoot every year is because we don't mm-hmm. fucking know. Like we we have like a little bit of summer league data, like you know, like chet i feel like i guess a little more comfy about chet because it looks like he's going to be able to shot block uh, like yeah a, you know like i feel like but also paulo has paulo's yeah. fucking dominated in the I, I, I feel like i feel like yeah. bill wrote that section after the one utah yes. summer league game and yeah i don't think he like and, chet looked he amazing. and then he just had to like fight for chet right but like also like first off a guy like paulo is gonna dominate at summer league mm-hmm. he's a, he's basically yeah. a six foot ten guard who can fucking dribble, sh- kind of shoot, and pass? It so, was like, like why Ben Simmons was good that one year. Exactly. Like, 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 yeah. like. Even if I think that Paolo is the better prospect than Chet, I'm not taking anything from summer league to say that he's definitively going to be a better NBA player. No, than no, Chet. no. Like, you just can't take anything no, no. from it. Honestly, Jabari Smith could still be probably not, but like, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Honestly, he'll play, he played well today. Yeah. Here's the thing with Jabari, and this has been my whole thing with Jabari. Everyone loves to blame Jabari's guards for when he does bad. But the reason why that is the case is because Jabari cannot dribble. Yeah, he can't do anything. He's you literally that, like, though. he's just Celtics like a that. You can make the finals with. with <laughs> <laughs> like we, we, that's yeah, that's yeah, the market so inefficiency. Yeah, Any guys who can't drive. Nobody, nobody realized Jalen Brown can't dri- dribble for like what he's been in the league seven years. <laughs> the Warriors finally figured it out after three games. <laughs> but, uh, but no, like, kind of just going back to the Jabari thing, like, yeah. I think it's fine to be high on Jabari as a prospect, but this is a, re- a, a perfect reason of why. One, we shouldn't take too much from Summer League because I do think that if Jalen Green becomes as good, and, like, I don't even know. Like, based on Jalen Green's rookie year and, like, what he showed towards the end, like, sure, maybe you can project that out. But, like, based on his overall production from his rookie year, he's not this good. Like, we're only putting him this high because he went third in the draft. Like, I think he's going to be really good, and I think that he could arguably be on this list soon. Mm -hmm. But, like... If we're just basing it on their rookie year, I would not include him this high. Like, I know that, like, maybe maybe this is where, like, the perception versus reality comes in a little bit more. The perception of Jalen Green around the league versus the reality of Jalen Green. But kind of going back to my, my Jabari point is, like, Jabari's going to be really good if Jalen becomes the creator that we think Jalen can become. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, until then he's he's going to be a spot up shooter who's a really good defender. He's just more of like a Mikel Bridges. Yeah, like a really he's like a jumbo Mikel Bridges, but honestly, like not as good with the ball, which is like yeah, not great. <laughs> better on ball skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that. But like even if he's like a supercharged Mikel Bridges, like that's still maybe like a top. 30 player sub all star yeah, yeah it's like a yeah. borderline all star type yeah yeah which is yeah. fine but like palo and chet both could become like super super that's the idea it's mm-hmm. like if you're projecting forward like Jaden ivy being on the tier two tiers below doesn't make any sense to me because if you're just projecting forward Jaden ivy has more superstar like equity i'm sorry Way i didn't more. mean to say that Way like, more. like just in theory like I would argue even like Matherin has more superstar upside than Jabari Smith. Like I, I, I'm not saying that they're going to become that, but yeah. I mean, well, and this is the thing though, is like not that many of these guys in the draft, like end up being like superstars. It's like right one to two out of like the four guys we all talk about all draft cycle end up making like being fine. And then like, there's like usually one guy at the end of the first round, like they're, or like, or like maybe one lottery guy, like the um, the New Zealand guy or something, like might pop. Like I, I don't know. It just it seems insane to me. Like it's 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 pointless, almost pointless to like the trade value column to like include right. these guys. It's my like. I agree. Yeah. Until we see them, as as Rosillo kept bringing up, until we see them, I just wouldn't even include them. Like that that right. that's kind of my thing. It's like you never know when you can have a Markel Fultz yeah. situation where a guy looks like the best player in the draft and then his brain breaks. Like that yeah. just happens. And also, if they had re- if they had released this. Like in the same exact time in 2017, they would have had Markel Fultz in the top, top 15 30. because he was yeah. amazing. The first yeah, he was one of the best prospects. The, yeah, exactly. But he like was so good in summer league for like for that opening stretch. Like he like the shot still looked fairly normal, not amazing, but like yeah, he didn't break until that injury happened. Also, I just want to say the last thing that I will say here is that Darius Garland being 30 and. Evan Mobley being top 10 makes no fucking sense to me. Like, I like Evan Mobley a lot. And if you're projecting forward, but like, it's what Sam talked about earlier. Like, Darius Garland is already an all star with all NBA potential. Like, it's because he was a, no, but it's because he was a Mobley guy in the draft. Like, right. Bill gets like, like, just like most people, gets like married to his takes. And he just like, like, he decided he was going to be a Mobley over Cade guy. I think just like by rolling, like, literally like flipping a coin. And like, and yeah, that's, that's why he's so, and I love Mobley. Mobley's like, really, I think they're, really I good. think he's awesome. Yeah. But like, but I would have, as, Gar- I would have Sam, in the same tier. With him. Sam said earlier, like we got a little bit carried away with the baby KG stuff earlier in the year. Yeah. And then it's kind of stuck with us, but like, I still think he's going to be really good, but like, great. like, but we I already know that Garland team. is closer to that than, than Mobley right. is. Yeah, I, like I still had them pretty like far apart because I do get like the the idea, and I do think that like Mobley is like a you know he's an incredible defender and everything, but it's like sure. at the same time it's like like who did he have Mobley ahead of like a lot of really Mo- good fucking players? He had Mobley ahead of Durant. <laughs> Mobley ahead of Durant. Hold on, Mobley ahead of Durant. Yeah. Jimmy yes. Butler. Fucking like every guy who was this- like. Yeah, like, like, like I, I, look, look. I think Anthony Davis is like dogging it. Like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's uh, insane. The fact yeah. that he's Anthony Davis. I don't even like Anthony Davis, but the fact that he's ahead of Anthony. Davis, I, 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 I,
an MVP level player. Like at his well, best. He was, and he was already the second best player on a title team and a defensive one and an offensive two. So we, we just get so carried away so often with like the rookies and projecting them out. Like I'm trying to think of like when this didn't happen. Like Luca was like the only time that like a guy was like right. meaningfully good like his rookie year and it like meant something and you could like tell. Yeah. It was well, like Tatum, Tatum by the end of his rookie year was like by the playoffs. Yeah. But he was also yeah. like, like he wasn't yeah. like a one a type, but he was a really yeah. good player. Well, that, yeah. Yeah. Scott freakishly yeah. well that year. He was like 44%. Or yeah, no, it was insane. Like, I, but, like, but like, yeah, like with Luke in terms of like heliocentrism, like there hasn't been a guy yeah. with like that you could project so easily since LeBron literally. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, like Luca Luca's like the only thing and I think we just get like carried away when these guys like win rookie of the year. And it's like Scotty Barnes looks great. Like I still had these guys I, I get the idea that's like the contract, it's the team control. It should be high. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have team control, you've got nine years, like I get it. I just think Bill is like gets way too fucking carried away, like w- with some of that. That that said, yeah. I still do have Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley pretty high but like they should be they should but, be high based but also franz mm-hmm. wagner shouldn't be that far behind him right. my whole that's like, no not at all yeah. right yeah. i'm yeah. surprised like, bill doesn't like franz wagner i feel like that'd be a name he would really like to say yeah he i feel like he does but he didn't include him super high like he like, yeah also like a white he guy who's really good team. like like i mean he loves chet and he loves giddy like like why don't you love franz like i mean make any sense maybe, Maybe this is like the context I'm missing because, like, I just I just decided in my own head that the way you do the trade value column is you just pretend you've been like kidnapped and put in, you know, uh, Office X because situation is just like so specific to this. But like, I feel like if you pulled teams, how many of them would rather have Evan Mobley and how many would rather have Kevin Durant? I feel like no one would would say. Kevin Durant, like, like Wait, I feel like they 20... talked about it. They said, "Would you rather have Evan Mobley or Kevin Durant?" And he's like, "Well, what version of KD am I getting?" And it's like, Kevin Durant. You're getting you're Kevin. Getting, you're getting literally one of the 15 greatest basketball players of all time. Mm-hmm. And he's still like a year ago. You guys were both saying on this podcast he's the best player in the league. Yeah, because he was before that injury. Could, is it too? I don't think he was, but my... I think that he was one of the four best. Kevin, let, let me know when I can run a clear out here. Uh, maybe we do this when we get to KD, but I, I need to go. I need to go after Toronto fans. I let's need, go. Let's go ham on that when we get there. All right. Let's okay. just run through yeah. this. All right. If I if you tell Woj, I'll deny it to death, but I'm listening to you. Zach mm-hmm. Levine, Pascal Siakam, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, Kawhi Leonard, Zion Williamson. Okay. So this tier about, yeah, is insane. All right, all right. So this year, okay, it is insane, but also. I understand what he was going for here. He was going for the flawed star or the right. injury or the injury ridden guy, the and then he just and then he just threw Rudy Gobert right. in there for some reason. That, that's what, but this is what with Jaden Ivey. He just threw Jaden Ivey in the regular right. season guy. Right. No, he yeah, went so weird. He went he went insane here though because that's the thing is he like switched to like oh category guys and just, just bunched these guys up. These guys are all fucking over the place. Like, I heard Bill's defense of having Kawhi at the 23rd, and I get it. He's injured a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, Zach Levine, he's like three spots ahead of Zach Levine. And <laughs> it makes no sense. I'm sorry. Like, Zach well, no, yeah, the entire NBA wouldn't, like, light on fire if, if, if Zach yeah. Levine became available, but it would if Kawhi became available. Exactly. Like, if you call it – like, I get that he does have Kawhi higher, but, like – 
Do you have any idea how fast the Bulls say yes if it's Zach Levine? Immediately. Also, yes. he's they literally said on here, Bill is saying that he said on the podcast that the Raptors might not trade Pascal Siakam for Kawhi Leonard. False. I feel like they would have to have a for the guy that won them an NBA okay. championship. <laughs> like three years ago. Yeah. Is is Pascal even younger than than like, I don't even think he's younger than Kawhi? They're around the same age. Yeah. No, yeah, because Kawhi's 30, and, and I think Pascal... Siakam's 27. Yeah, he's almost similar age. Do we want the third best player from that championship team, or do we want the, the one first a. best player? Also, the 1A who in the last playoffs, by the way, mm-hmm. was like, until he got hurt, once again... One of the top five players yeah. in the NBA. Sure. So that's my thing. Like do you do we want the all NBA guy who when he like really fucking kills it and he has an amazing season and a bunch of other wings get injured and miss game play threshold is third team all NBA? Or do you want a guy who half the time when he plays his first team all NBA? It's <laughs> literally one of the undeniable 30, 40 best basketball players of all time. Like Pascal's peak is third team all NBA. Like that that will be yes. his peak. That I'm I, my whole thing with Pascal, to me, this is the, this would be the complete parallel to the DeMar DeRozan trade. Yeah. Pascal, okay, so Pascal Siakam is a third-team All-NBA guy. When he's your number one guy, your ceiling is significantly lower mm-hmm. when you have him. If you can trade him for a real superstar or a legit star, you should absolutely do it. You're, and like you're stepping on my toes here a little bit with my Toronto segment. Okay, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm gonna, this is uh, I am gonna believe me, this is gonna Pascal is gonna come up and the idea okay. of who who we'll needs to be that. acting with urgency here in a KD trade. <laughs> okay. So Rosillo also brought up on this point that he's not he's just not a Kawhi guy. He's just not a Kawhi guy. You know, yeah. he, he comes right. here, he doesn't, oh, you know, uh, he doesn't tell us about his injuries. And I'm like, player. this is why you don't run an NBA team. He's Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the knee-jerk instinct with some of this stuff is to, like, call it, like, racist when, people, when like, old guys are, like, just being old guys. It's <laughs> like, also- these guys are just, like, manager shitheads. And they, like, just get mad that a guy is, like, pushing his bosses around. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Right. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's yeah. They don't like. I mean, they don't like Kyrie. Bill doesn't like Kyrie Irving because he like ruined the Celtics. But like, they don't like James Harden. They don't like Kawhi, and they don't like those guys because they ruffle feathers with management. And then like, the thing with Kawhi is he's literally been the best player on like two different championship teams. Pretty (laughs) sure. Was that? Yeah, and he liked Toronto, but one of the issues with San Antonio is I don't think he trusted their doctors. There was some weird like connect with doctors, and he's a very like he's a very like closed off guy like he has like a very select few people he trusts it seems like and so like that was obviously going to be a huge thing it's not like he's like going around like creating issues like in the front office well and like or what, the well it's like what you're mad at him for like load managing like he doesn't want to play regular season games like i'm sorry they fucking suck like mm-hmm. i'm sorry regular season games like fucking suck the season there should, should be not be any short of them yeah yeah it should, it should be 20 games shorter it'll never be because money that's Which why ironically I, bill agrees with Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, why are you why are you mad at him for missing regular season games? I think if the Clippers had made the playoffs, I I think he would have played. Yeah, yeah. And I also, I, yeah. I I I also think that Kawhi Leonard 
had he not gotten injured in the last playoff series that he was in. And look, the injuries are a real thing, but like if he right. had not gotten injured, they're going to the finals okay. and they could Kawhi, win the finals. If Kawhi went on the trip, what, how many years does he have left? Uh, he signed like, well, a four year extension. Okay. He's, he's locked so up for. If he became available, he, he would create two years the same in a amount of hoopla yeah. Kevin Durant. He would. Yeah. yeah. It would be the it's... NBA world would like shut down. Yeah. If Pascal Siakam became available. Like, yeah, it would be like a big thing, but like, it's Kawhi Leonard. Like, Only I because we're desperate for slot. That's why it would be a good yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. But, like, Kawhi would literally shut the entire internet down. Okay. But just to, sorry, I don't want to step on your toes here, Troll, but just to like skip ahead, like of who he put ahead of Kawhi Leonard. Zion Williamson, who I would say is more of a injury risk than fucking Kawhi Leonard. Um, He's played 100 games in three years. Yeah. Um, Brandon Ingram, who is a very fine player, but if you, I, I, the Pelicans would immediately make that trade. Like, immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Drew Holiday. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I love Drew Holiday. I had him, like, very high. I think he's a great second player. This is, like, kind of that fit stuff. But there's just no the fucking way. No, Drew, and he talks about how he's like, I will gladly overrate Drew. Here's my thing with Drew. Yeah, I, former Sixer, I love I him. Love I love Drew. Yeah, Drew's Drew's always been one of my favorite players because of what he yeah. means to me personally. But he has games in the playoffs where you go, how is this guy like a legit like star or all star sub all star whatever? He, some offensive games he has where you just go, what the fuck is happening? Like many times in multiple playoff series where you're like, yeah, Drew is not it. Like if they lose that uh, series against the Nets, Drew is like a villain. Drew is like, oh my, he's he's Drew Bledsoe. Like, but because right, they right. won that and because he does a lot of like the defense things, he, he's like the nerdy guy that everyone loves. Like, He's now he put him at number twenty on this list. Like, like yeah. I love Drew, but like, dude, like, and also you said second guy. I would say Drew's the third guy. Why is Chris Middleton back at thirty seven when Chris Middleton was the second best player on the Bucks championship team and yeah. more essential than Drew Holiday? I, I see. That's like an aesthetic thing for me. I I think. I don't know, just the, the Drew being like a legitimate all NBA first team like defender. Sure. Like really does. Like and like I don't know. Maybe I am overrating him because I watched him like basically single handedly like win a playoff game against like like that game. That four, was amazing. Game five like, or I think it was game five. It was was it game five? I think it was game four. I thought it was the one that okay, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe they were about to go. Whatever it was, it was a huge pivotal swing game that like yeah. Made, made things very uncomfy for the Celtics. And but also, Chris Middleton in the Bucks run hit oh yeah. like five yeah. game winning shots. Was it yeah. my yeah. thing with my thing with Middleton is that as good as Drew is and as essential as he is for that team, yeah. you have to have a half court creator with yeah. Giannis, and Middleton has done that so well in a way that Drew never could. And Drew, and like it's not like Middleton's like a sieve on defense. Like he's pretty good defensively. Yeah. Like I might I might be just taking like the anti Arnovitz like th- like stand because like, <laughs> like 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 Chris Middleton is like exactly sure. that, that the nerd that everybody yeah. fucking like 
creams themselves over like he's so underrated and it's like he's not he's, he's perfectly he rated now back the other way a little right. bit like like where he's i mean he's where he is he's a solid all-star guy i think at this point like yeah. i think you should most years if he's having like an average year he should make the all-star game and like not be like an alter he doesn't need somebody else to have a bad season to make it all-star yeah game, is, is what i would say so like he's he's pretty like he's pretty good but I think it's just kind of like aesthetics wise, again, going back to my, your GM of a team X, I don't know, Yeah, man, I don't know, Drew. They're, they're Drew, close. Let's just say they're yeah. close. Let's yeah. just say they're close. And I would probably have Middleton slightly higher, but I also think that I can hear the argument for the other side. They should not be f- fucking 20 spots a, a, apart. Like oh, that, that wait, that's where I feel it's ridiculous. Wait, he has like, them 20 yeah. spots apart? Oh my god. He has he has Drew Holiday at 20. He has Chris Middleton at 37. Like that's Chris where Middleton I was like 17 spots apart. Wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I have I have Chris Middleton at 27 and yeah, Drew. Yeah. He should be. I mean, he's a very yeah. good Once again, we should we should value yeah. players who are legitimately really good right now <laughs> as yeah. opposed to like like projecting forward as opposed to like caring at that much about contracts. Like that that's that is has been my whole thing with this. So okay. Also, we also we just, did we do quick. this tier with with Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, and Bam Adebayo yeah. in well, the? Real, real, let me real quick save you a time. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I just really quick before we move on, I do want to hit on we skipped over with the LeBron James tier and the same Chris Middleton tier. We skipped over Jamal Murray <laughs> at thirty six, which I get that he was injured, but like, come on now, one eight hundred, come on now. <laughs> So what is amazing the last time we saw him on an NBA court? Like it was like playoff defense. I mean, I know he has Jokic on his team, but like, come on. (laughs) Well, the last time he played in the playoff playoffs was the bubble. So I think that people discredit that a little bit. But then again, why did you include Tyler Hero on this list? Because if you're discrediting the bubble, then I I don't know. I just think people are like by the same token, yeah. I think it's like the inverse of the Tyler Hero thing where like I don't know. I feel like people are, 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 go, are going a little too crazy with like the Jamal Murray stuff. But anyway, sorry. Well, isn't year. Jamal Murray also super young still? Yeah, He's twenty-five. He was, he was like nineteen in the Jalen Brown in the Jalen Brown draft. Like, yeah, so I was like twenty sixteen. So like, yeah, or no, he might have been eighteen. He might have. He was really young in that draft. He was like one of the youngest guys in that draft. I still, I still can't believe he put Jabari Smith over LeBron James. It's legitimately like you've never watched Jabari Smith play basketball. If you think that, if that's your opinion, like I mean, that is had, an insane thing to say. He had Jalen Green over Jamal Murray. Like, uh, like, come on now. Yeah, like, I, like I, I, Jamal I, Murray I, is already really good. Like, that's okay. And he's twenty five. Like, he's not even old. Well, the, I, like, I get that, and I get that it's contracts. I can hear people screaming at me, like, you know, that Jamal Murray makes three times as much money. It doesn't matter. Like, still. I'm accounting for what that. are the He's odds? What are the yeah. odds that he becomes a Jamal Murray level player? 50 yeah. 50? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, I would say yeah. it's like 30 70. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. I don't know. All right. Anyway, sorry. So that tier, I'm not that mad at. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm not the biggest fan guy. The yeah. He yeah, like, yeah, yeah. figures it out a little. He clearly yeah. thought about it more at the top. Like, sure. But he also said they also, when we get into the true franchise guy tier, we have Trey Young, Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, and uh, guess which one I didn't like there. 
Scotty? No, no, I didn't like Kane there at 15. That's really high. I don't know. I'm not a Kane guy. I do. Okay. I'm totally with you here. Yeah. Kane Cunningham, for what you think he can become, okay, you can sell me on it. Like, if you think he's this amazing prospect, for what he showed his rookie year, to have him above LeBron James, Trey Young, like, bam, dude. (laughs) Even like, 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 what did Cade show you that that says that screams superstar about him? Like, what, what is Cade going to be? Like, what? I remember when they did this. Like, what? What's Cade's ceiling as like a point guard in the league? Is he like going to be like better than Steph? No. Is he no. going to be like better than like Luca? Luca? Okay. No. Like, no. Is he going to be better than John Morant? Um, like. Probably not. You, you can talk me into that, but like, if already we're talking about maybe not being an All NBA. <laughs> okay, so so hold on. Yeah. Everyone, they both said, "Oh, it's not even a question for me. I'd rather have Trey. Uh, I'd rather have Kate over Trey Young." And I feel like I'm in. I'm going insane when it comes to the Trey Young stuff because, like, yeah. as much as you could, as much as he's flawed, as much as you might not like, and once again, it goes back to the thing we talked about with Lamelo. You might not like the style, which is has an underlying tone to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trey Young is one of the five, at worst, the seventh best offensive player in the NBA. At worst, he's the seventh best offensive player in the NBA. If you consider scoring, playmaking, passing, shooting, everything that it takes to become a legit offensive hub. I I, I really think he might be like second. <laughs> I would put him like third or fourth probably. Yeah. You can run I guess Jokic. Yeah. I would put Steph, Jokic, and Luka oh. ahead of him. I guess Steph, yeah. No, I, because I Steph is yeah. Steph isn't an on ball guy, but Steph's offensive yeah. impact is is Steph. Yeah. So yeah, I would Steph. go Steph, Luca, Jokic, Trey. Like those would be like my four. Yeah. That if we're talking like, and then you get into like maybe LeBron, KD, Kawhi, like the guys that are in like a little bit lower. But like, there's no way you can say that Trey Young is number 17 and you would take Bam Adebayo and Cade Cunningham over him. By the way, they, they didn't put him over Bam, but they said that they would, they think that Miami wouldn't do that trade. And then also on top of that, you put John Morant at number five. Okay. So John that, Morant is not better than Trey Young. Okay. He's not. So you hit the nail, you hit the nail on the head. I had, I, I like moved Ja all the way down to eight. And I think it's like insane that they had Ja where they had him. And because I still feel like that's like high for John Morant. I think five? Everyone's yeah, but going it's because insane. he has like a, he had a couple like, like really great playoff games and Bills like just goldfish brained and like that's yeah. like all he's factoring in. Did he even really? I felt like the team was just as good without him. No, <laughs> but he had a couple like he had a couple single sure. like he had a couple like thirty point games or whatever crazy like games. performances. But like sure again, like they were just as competitive the, without him. You, you beat the Wolves and then got ethered by the Warriors, who I get were the eventual champions, but like 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 some of these guys have had like real fucking like. Dog games, like, and I get that didn't you can they beat say the Warriors by fifty um, without Ja? They crushed them yeah. the one game. Yeah, when Ja was yeah. playing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They did. So, like, yeah. okay, like, I just like, I, and I get that some of that stuff, but I just like, I think people need to like chill the fuck out on the Ja stuff. Like, <laughs> is is Ja like better than Devin Booker? 
I don't think so. Similar tier to me. Yeah, like I do. He's definitely not better than Joel Embiid or Jason. I mean, like healthy. No, that was the thing. They had him over Joel Embiid and Jason Tatum. Healthy Damian Lillard is better than John Moran. (laughs) I mean, it's there's an argument. He is like he can. He's a he's one of the best like shooters in the entire league. John Moran can't shoot. So so okay. So this is the thing. Is what is. Maybe I just have the wrong impression of Job, but like he's not like a great defender. He's like fine. No, he's, he's not. Like a, no, no, he's a bad defender. No, like, he and maybe when ass, yeah. he when he's locked in, he might be like an he might be like somewhat passable. But like in his regular season defense is legit trash. Like I don't. Th- I think he's a better defender than Trey Young, but I I don't right. think that the gap is like right. that big. So that's what I was getting at. Like. If, if you ask me if I'd rather have Trey or Jaw, like, I'm taking Trey right now. I think I, like, ended up having him, like, a little bit ahead of Trey just because, he or, like, he's younger and Trey's got, like, that huge contract. But, like, they're on the same tier, like, yeah, pretty clearly. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. If you swap those guys, like – like if you swap them on the other teams, is it the Grizzlies better? are the Grizzlies could be in the finals and the Hawks yeah. are like near the lottery. And, I mean, to be fair, the Hawks yeah. were near the lottery this year and they have been every year except for that one year. So yeah. I understand. Look, I understand everyone hates Trey and I understand all that right. shit. But like, I'm sorry, I watched this dude in the playoffs absolutely fucking crush. I watch. Maybe yeah. it's because I have the bias because he killed the Sixers, but at the same time, I've watched him do it in the playoffs. Problem? He went to the conference finals, and he was really good. He in really the good in the conference finals before he got hurt. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, As and the I clear think number one on his team. Like, yeah, the clear number one. Like again, I think Bill and Ryan just like have a crazy thing with like the heliocentrism, where they just like yeah. it, like offends their like sensibilities unless it's Luka. unless it's Luca. Yeah, for some reason. <laughs> yeah, because Pause. it's selfish and it's it's anti management. <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, actually, God. actually, I would think that they would like heliocentrism because it's very like it's capitalist. It's very like, yeah, I'm the guy, like I'm the center of everything. Rosillo said it's fun to watch, but it's just not. But the, but then also said it's not his cup of tea, which is very funny. But yeah, um, I love Rosillo saying something's not his cup of tea or like that's not my thing. It's just right. always it's coded awful. in like subtle racism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or like, when Jens Harden does it, I'm gonna throw up. When Luka Doncic does it, uh, I like it when Luka does it. Now we're it. talking. Now we're talking. You know, he gets real assists on like James Harden, one of the greatest passers and playmakers of all time. Right. Um, oh my god! Didn't they say that? Bill said that like oh. a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was during his like really bad stretch of like <laughs> problematic yeah, last, things. The last 15 years. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, so we'll move on from that. There's so much to talk about in that tier, which is like Jimmy Butler at 13. Also, I'm just like, I mean, look, like I've I've been a Jimmy skeptic, but like, what else does he have to do? Yeah, I mean, I had him 11. He's really good. <laughs> yeah, like, what else He's does he really have to do to be like not in the same tier as Cade Cunningham? No, no, literally, literally, if you like have a, if there's a game, I know this is like kind of like this is like cliche Bill stuff, but if you have like a game like you have one game right like and you need to win like an elimination game like butler's like one of the five guys i would probably pick sure yeah no, yes yeah. it would be like steph like i, I, yeah. steph, he I know lose. he's an asshole yeah, steph, yeah, yeah like, uh, um he won't lose like he's a villain you want that guy in your corner 
and Jimmy. Sure. Like that's the best four. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so before we move on from this, and we, just, we actually have a perfect we have a perfect little transition here for Sam because we have Kevin Durant at number 10, and we had Scotty Barnes in the last year. And here's the thing. I at least get the argument for having Scotty this high because Scotty was legitimately really, really good as yeah, a rookie. Really yeah. I think some of that was context of situation. I think some of that was whatever. Also, yeah. My He's biggest really my biggest thing on this was the fact that Scotty was like fucking 30, 40 spots higher than Franz Wagner, even though I think they're similar level players. And Franz is actually somehow younger than Scotty, which I didn't even know until today. Um, I'd say more of that was needing to move Franz up than like move Scotty down. Too, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I think that. I think you could argue that as like what he showed, like where he could go. Hey, sure, he's like and, a rare. So like Bill was going crazy with some of these young guys. I think Scotty like is more or less that that's sure. like right because he based on what he like, showed. Yeah, right, based exactly. on what he showed, his age, his potential, enough, yeah. the important of having a wing that's good offensively and defensively like we talked about like i i get it at least um okay so kevin durant we're not trading him but make us an offer number 10 he's in his own tier by himself sam what did you want to say about uh raptors fans and kevin durant okay i I, like i'm i'm going like fucking cosmically insane Mm -hmm. and i can't like i cannot like do this anymore you should do the where like what are we like doing so like Raptors fans have it in their head because because they're because the, the stance they had was like okay we don't need to trade Scotty because no one else has a good package which right. okay fine that is that is a totally normal that is a regular guy like thought thing to have like you know I, I see the argument that Mikael Bridges and DeAndre Aiden isn't that good because you know it might not be you know um, I would say the difference is that the Suns picks are more likely to be good than a Raptors picks. Especially right. if they're keeping Scotty Barnes or the Heat <laughs> or the Heat's picks too. By the way, right. who are exactly. always good. Like so, like which is the main thing you're getting back at that point? Especially if you're not putting Scotty Barnes as yeah. The Suns picks could be really good, given that yeah. like their GM doesn't do anything. <laughs> Actively <laughs> hates the draft. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like it's fucking worthless. He's like he's we live Bobby in the Mark- di- he, he's the Bobby Marks of of GMs. No, in no. The no, he's the Zach Lowe of we live in the desert and this isn't going to exist due to climate change in like 10 years. So what the fuck do I care about fucking my 2030 draft pick? What I was more team? saying that like because of the Bobby Marks pizza thing. But yeah, no, no, no I, yeah, I think they're very good. It's just insane because you picked your franchise player at 13. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you needed to tank for him. No. <laughs> like, um, or 14. Kind of random. It was 14, I think, actually. Like, yeah, he was the last pick in the lottery. In the lottery. Yeah. yeah. That's anyway. why you got the hero comps. Yeah. The hero well, got the poker comps. They picked him off. I think they picked him off the 48 win Goran Dragic uh, Bledsoe's. I think they did. Yeah. I yeah, think that yeah. they were like actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we were 48 wins and didn't make the playoffs, which is. By, yeah. On accident. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so the thing I'm seeing now is that like, the 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 nets are are bluffing by wanting to like bring kevin durant back this is a bluff of that they're doing yeah i'm sorry that's fucking insane that's what they should have been doing this entire fucking time right the, the net season last year i think people forget what a fucking doomed adventure that was from the start even without kyrie joe harris was out for the year which is an enormous part of their team like mm-hmm. yeah and it, like 
they're so top heavy and thin losing a starter is like you're literally getting a replacement level guy it's not like you have like a a ready-made guy off the bench i get they lost bruce brown whatever you were literally running back your team you last year you literally never had your full team together the only time you saw those guys play together was like literally last year and like for like what 16 games like and now like obviously like Ben Simmons comes with his own stuff. You know, he is probably not as good of a player as James Harden. However, you happen to have probably the only player in the world that fits well with Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant. <laughs> you have two the of them, actually. Kyrie Irving yeah. and Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Durant. Ben Simmons. So if they're ever going to work together, like, like I get uh, – I'm very well versed that Ben is insane and just set this season up. Yada, yada. He's also still was an all-NBA player. <laughs> like it or not, and is like a, a perennial all-first-team defense. Like, if he's ever going to put it together, it's going to be on a team like this. Um, they have Seth Curry. They have Joe Harris. They have real shooting. Why the fuck would you ever not run it back? Why would you take a dog shit package for Kevin fucking Durant, who's under so, contract for four seasons? From like, everything what's I've the heard worst that happened? He sits out? So he's not gonna. Yeah, true. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. Podcast that like it. He's not sitting out. That he won't go to a team that's better than his current net situation. He won't. Like I, I really, I genuinely believe that unless, unless the the Suns can figure out a way to get him for that eight and Bridges package, I don't see a situation that he can go to that's going to be better than the current situation. And honestly, I think even that situation is kind of comparable. To be, to be totally fair. And the Nets might be in even a little bit deeper after the Suns get rid of whatever they get rid of. Like, also, Kevin Durant isn't sitting out. But from everything that's been reported, like, it's actually ownership being like, no, we want to get rid of these guys. Like, we don't want them anymore, which is insane to think. They're just, pet, just they're petty. I, I would just do, like, Trump with the general shit. Like, like hang up the phone when Joe Sy gets off and just be like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. Please ignore him. Uh, yeah, no, call call G and we'll, we'll get exactly. get G shooters to out. Exactly. Let's look at, all right, let's get Prokhorov back on the line here. Like he's kind of a <laughs> um, no. I just I don't know. I just think it's like crazy because like why would you not like what? There's there's literally no downside to what the reason you are is. What he's gonna get hurt or you're gonna lose value? I, I honestly don't even buy that. That he'll have yeah. less value. Um, in half a year, because the thing is, this happened so fucking fast. None yeah. of the heavy hitters could get their ducks in a row. Like, if you wait a year, and everybody knows Kevin Durant is up for everyone's fucking clearing the decks and getting their shit together to make you an. Or awesome even if all. you wait until the trade deadline, like right. you could get like you oh, like a like team will a team will suck next year and inevitably yeah. be like shit. Maybe we should just trade for Durant. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Something will something some shit will happen. Or or how about this? How about you run the team back? They all fucking play, and the team that was number one before Kevin Durant got hurt is number one again. Yeah, exactly. They're like, yeah. they're yeah. good right now. It was weird yeah. shit. Like it was yeah. just a bunch of weird shit that happened. Like and like if you show those guys, I mean, I know it seems like those bridges are burned, but like. Do they really want to fucking move? Do they really want to like give this shit up? Like, it's so if stupid. you have a good season, maybe you could tell Josiah, "Hey, can we just like extend Kyrie Irving for four years so they're like happy?" 
Yeah, and then like it's fine. Like that's the best case scenario for you, as it like you brought in what's his name? Fucking Royce O'Neill, the, the very strange trade, as Brian yeah. would always said. Yeah. Very strange trade. But like, why why would they trade for the man who was benched for Daniel House in the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> very strange. Very strange they would do that. But honestly, I will say <laughs> about this list, beyond that, I actually am fine with probably everything. I think the entire the is like very reasonable. Is very reasonable. What's your big quibble? Um, Embiid needs to be in the top tier. Okay. He should be five, but he should be in the top tier. So the argument against Embiid in the top tier is the injury thing. And I actually think that's fair. Like, I'm a Sixers fan. Like, I love Embiid to death, but like, He's not going to play. He's not going to play more than sixty-five games in a season. He's probably going to get injured at some point in the playoffs or close to the playoffs. Like even by Bill's stupid like category standard, though, he checks all those boxes. Sure, like he is is a beloved literal franchise guy. Like, like even if you guys traded Embiid for like what Steph Curry, everyone Philly fans, I think, would still be. (laughs) No, I would not. I would be extremely excited to get Steph. Yeah, but a lot of fans would be furious because he's one of the most like beloved figures in all of sports. That's that's definitely true. Yeah, 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 you're right. I feel like Steph might be literally the except Steph and Giannis might be the two players where you could be like, we got Steph and Giannis. Like, like, even Jokic has his own flaws, especially in the playoffs, and everyone hates Jokic here. So, like, like yeah, like like, I think that those two guys are more comparable. But 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 like, like. just my thing though, like, like for for example, like I, I would say the next two, like I would say tier under Embiid, and then I would go to Jason Tatum, and mm-hmm. I, yeah. Tatum six. We, we I love Jason Tatum. I love him to death. We don't have that relationship with Jason Tatum. There's like a little bit of a, like, you know, what's going on? <laughs> There's a little bit of an undertone of everyone being a little bit like, uh, is he gonna go to the Lakers? You really, really like St. Louis, don't you? Yeah. You really like yeah. Kobe Bryant. That's very interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Perry's of like Bostonians, the the Kobe shit, like like crazy Bostonian. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that, that it, the fact that he he idolizes a Laker and texts him uh, like late at night <laughs> when he's dead. He's been dead for two he years. conjures the dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, I wish my guy was not texting a dead rapist. If, if I like, if I had my way, I would like, I would, I would prefer my franchise player was not. Sending like sad TikToks of like too late to apologize with like unanswered texts, like and then like when when you see that on TikTok, like like when a girl at high school's like boyfriend dies, she'll like send him all these texts that are all blue, and the thing is like when they turn to green because the phone changes over is like the saddest thing, and then that like that's what's happening like with Kobe Bryant and Jason Tatum right now. He's like waiting for the the text to change green. I, I, I think know. this is I think this is late enough in the podcast that we won't get death threats for including this part because I don't think that enough uh yeah, Lakers I think fans like, I think, I'd say like eighty percent of the people probably check out before the two hour mark. So you're pretty yeah, 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 exactly. Absolutely. But no yeah. also, okay, so just just kind of rounding this whole thing up. Giannis Luka mm-hmm. Jokic Curry is a fine first year mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I would have Curry right. ahead of Jokic. I would have Curry ahead of Jokic yes, just 100%. because I think just because I think that we we know that Steph Curry's been the best player on four championship teams, and uh, yeah. like Jokic, as amazing as he is offensively, and I think that the way that they built their team around him this year was really smart. 
putting a bunch of defenders around him that can survive offensively. But like defensively, they will always be compromised when he's on the court in the playoffs in a way that they that the Warriors aren't with Steph. Right. I'm sorry. And I don't. What about we? I guess we did talk about Mobley, right? Because it was Mobley nine. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Mobley's yeah. a little bit high at nine. I would have him a little bit lower than that, but yeah, I also like don't... fifteen or something like that. Sure, I, had him at I would 14. have him. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. I when like I did my list, I had him at four. I had him right in between Bam and Trey. So, yeah, because he is awesome, and you can. I feel like Mobley, like you can build a team around Mobley because he's like a dominant defensive center with like high offensive potential. Offensive, yeah, yeah, sure. Like I think that he could be a really two. Like I think he'll mostly always be defensive first guy, but as they brought up, like offensively like Embiid was amazing on defense when he was a rookie and he showed so much more offensive potential than Evan Mobley has. Oh, and like, like, like that, that's the thing is like, like if you're projecting forward, like I think that Mobley probably fits closer to that Anthony Davis archetype of like number one defensive guy, second offensive guy, which is still very good and important. And like, dude, but this is the thing. And and we talked about it. Like, like, are you trade? Like, would you like like a hypothetical like Mobley for like Davis swap? Like, yes, you would trade hypothetical Anthony Davis for actual Anthony Davis every single time. Right, right, absolutely. right. Like, absolutely. hypothetical. So when when I did mine, I had like an almost identical first tier where I, but I just went like Giannis, Luca, Jokic, Curry, and Bead. Um, I just said Jokic just because like I, I don't know. I do think Curry is going to start – like, some stuff's going to start happening, like, with the injuries and stuff. There already was, like, some, like, airs with his ankles. Yeah. That's, that's where I came down on that. And then I had a little Jokic sub-tier. bullshit, for sure. Yeah. And then I had a little sub-tier at six and seven of Tatum, Tatum and Durant. Like, I think Tatum is – I've said this before, that Tatum is, like, the last player in the NBA I wouldn't trade Kevin Durant for. Like, every, yeah. <laughs> everybody else yeah. is, like – like, like, the six, right. yeah. Right. And then and then I had another giant big tier where I had like John Morant, Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards is as Anthony much as Edwards at, at eight is like Did they oh did he have him eight? He had him yeah, eight. He had him eight. Also, Rosillo said he would trade everyone in that tier for Anthony Edwards except for Joel Embiid. So Jason T- I, the Tatum the Tatum versus That's, Edwards thing well, is Edwards. very much is very much the conversation that we've been having, which is Jason Tatum is already Jason Tatum. He would Jason Tatum is literally a first-team All-NBA. Edwards? He's literally first-team All-NBA was the best player on a finals team this yeah. year. No, like, if, if, if Edwards ever does that in his career, it's a massive success. Yes. Anthony <laughs> Edwards isn't close to that good. Like, I love it. Right, right now, if you're projecting forward, sure, I could see the theoretical upside, but also, like, I talked about it like this. I said... In order for Anthony Edwards to become a top five player, which I I don't think Jason Tatum's top five right now, but I think he's just on the fringes at twenty four years old. He's 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 like Pascal Siakam, but for like first team instead of third team. Right. He's like he's like like, natural resting place is probably second to third, and then season at first. Three four years away from the start of his prime. Yeah, he's not even. He's twenty four, and then also my last point on this is that like the whole thing with like Anthony Edwards is like in order for him to become a top five player, he has to be a, an elite three level scorer, which we think we think he can become a better playmaker and passer, a mm-hmm. better defender, and also a better shooter. 
So, like, Hello? if all of those things happen, then, yes, Anthony Anthony Edwards, in theory, could become a top-five player. But Jason Tatum is literally already on the fringes of that at 24 years old, and Anthony Edwards is, like, three or four years younger and, like, has a long way to go to get there. Right. So, it's Jason Tatum is one of two guys under 25 in the top six in the NBA. It's yeah. him and Luca. That's it. Yeah. That's it. yeah. And it's like Luca's a tier above him. But the thing is, is that Luca is a generational exception to the rule type prospect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And then John Moran at five. Didn't he have John Moran at five? He had John Moran at five, which is gonna, legitimately insane to me. Like, I think I, he should be I'm in prison be, for that. Right. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. I, I really don't think I would trade Jason Tatum for like Jokic. I really don't like. I don't. Okay, well, let me hear this because I would. I okay, and I will say this much: my biggest thing with Tatum, and this is what I've always said, the yeah. reason why I value Jason Tatum because I think it's really easy to build a team around him. Yeah, it's very similar to the Kawhi Leonard thing. Yeah, where like I don't think that Kawhi was ever better than a few guys that were ahead of him, like yeah. LeBron and Steph and all the guys that are clearly it's very like better easy than him. To build around it's him. very easy to build a team around a guy who's a top scorer and a top defender and has very few flaws in his games until you get to like the NBA finals. But it's because he's not heliocentric. It's because right, he's, why. Yeah. he's yeah. so valuable. And it's because he learned how to play. play off ball with the Spurs. Yeah. Like he's he gets, done it right. two different ways. Yeah. Right. He gets, he gets better like every year. Like honestly, Jason Tatum's like biggest weakness is like bitching about refing. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm barely kidding. Like, like he's like, he's his biggest weakness is being friends with Bradley Beal. Yeah. And Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I, I think Jason Tatum is like tremendously underrated. Like I think he's a, a teensy bit overrated as the score. I think people are kind of getting a little wise to that after the playoffs yeah, yeah. run. They kind of sure. everyone got a, a front row look at the streakiness of Jason Tatum, which I think I think his shoulder was bothering him a little. Underrated bit. as a shooter and a defender, overrated as a scorer, primary creator. Yeah, and like rebounder, yeah. defender, all that stuff. Way I think he's way underrated. Yeah, a creator, like passer, like he's 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 he plays like Kobe, and he really shouldn't. Like he should play like more like Kawhi. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Literally um, exactly like Kawhi. Right. But um but the thing I what I would say with Jokic is I like we've gone over how the Denver Nuggets are a um scheme to build MVPs. Um they're a, <laughs> they're a Ponzi scheme to create um to, to create an MVPs where they just like put the shittiest team around Jokic and like, yeah. wow, look at this. Like he did it. Like Oh yeah, Michael Porter Jr. has a back injury. That's yeah, that's, right. uh, exactly. Paul Murray's injured. Right. No one, he's know, not coming back, by the way. He's not like, coming back for a year and a half. Like, and look, I was just saying how good Jamal Murray is, and I get that the Nuggets are good, but like, also, they did their damage in the bubble. We haven't seen like a lot of other stuff. I, I just I have a hard time believing that Jokic can survive in a Warriors-Celtics NBA Finals style we'll thing yeah. that we you know like i just he it's would need to like really tough uh environment for him to play and yeah the, the best you argument need, you need to be like Giannis dominant and i just don't know if he's got that in him in the playoffs like, okay so the best argument that i've heard and i actually yeah. think it's a really good one yeah. and he kind of has the step factor yeah. of 
doesn't need to have the ball to be super successful because of his scoring gravity off the ball. You can run actions with him. You can run him off pin downs. Everyone is constantly concerned with where Jokic is on the floor. There's definitely an advantage to that, right? When he does have the ball, he doesn't need the ball a ton to like process yeah. everything, can move right. it really quickly. Like, like yeah. he makes an offense flow in a way when he's on the ball, when he's off the ball, whatever it is. Right. The biggest argument for Jokic being like in this top tier other than the fact that he's won two MVPs and he's legitimately like an amazing player is that his defense is his weakest part, but his offense is so good. And he's so good at lifting up everyone around him offensively that you can play him with offensively limited players. Like you can with Steph with like Gary Payton, the second non floor spacers. Like if you put Matisse Thibault, even though I hate Matisse Thibault, if you put Matisse Thibault on the nuggets, he would probably be a neutral offensive player even mm-hmm. though he's legitimately terrible on offense and he would yeah, because he would get he would get he would player. cut a lot and he would just get a bunch it. of open layups because he creates a ton of open layups mm-hmm. and that's the argument for Jokic we'll see if that works at the highest levels of the playoffs i'm very interested to see yeah. i do think that like their formula should just be like kind of what they're doing now we're like let's just have like we know we're going to have like an elite offense with Jokic let's just put as many There's defenders defense. that can shoot around him and go from there and, and see what we can do. That's why KCP was such an amazing move for them. It was literally the perfect thing they could have done. KCP and Bruce Brown were both Bruce great Brown, yeah. Bruce Brown. Yeah. No, they got, they got like legitimately better. I mean, obviously with the guys coming back. Yeah, they, they know. I think, I think that they got a lot better here. No, they're, yeah. they're going to be – well, this is why I really don't think the Warriors are going to come out of the West again, to be honest. Yeah, like, I know. That's what you were saying fucking before. bear out there, man. Like, yeah. yeah, the top the like, top six is just, like, brutal. They got they let really important guys go. They're really counting on young guys. And, like, everybody's back. Like, the Clippers are back. The Nuggets yep. are back. Like, God, and Moody, the Moody is, Moody's back. the only one I trust of the young guys. Yeah. Moody's the only one that I think can play next year and be effective. Like I think well, that's why and Kaminga are the Warriors. The one thing about the Warriors is that they have like because they have young guys, middle guys, and older. They have a lot of tradable contracts. They could find ways to get that. <sighs> I don't really think they do though. Really? Yeah, well, what is the like, only the only tradable contract they have is like Wiseman and what? Wiggins. Well, Wiggins is on a max. Yeah, I forgot because Poole is like making. It makes what? like thirty million a year. Like, I'm not yeah. saying you can't trade Wiggins, but like, if you trade Wiggins, you're probably making your team worse unless you get a star. But well, I guess that's what I'm thinking. It's like, what yeah. you, like, I'm thinking about like the Celtics have a bunch of middle tier contracts. The Pacers always yeah. had a bunch of middle tier contracts. Like they had the Rob Williams, the Marcus Smart, the if, Daniel Tice. Like, yeah, yeah. What's Clay making? Clay makes the over the max. He makes thirty seven million. Yeah, that's horrible. yeah. He makes way too much. That, that's the thing is that the Warriors, the Warriors' outlet to get better as a team is the younger players getting better. I can't believe they let Gary Payton and Otto Porter go. Like that's that's just brutal for them, man. Like are, those would have been tradable contracts. Those, yeah. Been, like, I, I, I get, I get that was going to be like fifty million dollars or something. It was insane. a lot. Like, yeah, but, yeah. but like, like you okay? You're just you you spent like all this championship just saying like taking credit saying like we're not scared of paying money like immediately like run from the grind which you're like (laughs) is defensible is defensible like considering you do have young guys like kind of in the waiting a little bit but like don't toot your horn about it just fucking let them walk like 
Right. All right. But I, anyway. I think it's it's about time to wrap this up. It's been over <laughs> two, two hours. hours. Matt, Matt has been. Well. I think it might have gone longer than theirs. Matt, yeah, exactly. And Matt was kidnapped, freed. We had the full circle <laughs> moment here. I was, ki- I, I was, I was rotting in nephew Kyle's ex girlfriend's <laughs> basement for forty minutes, and I came back for a full hour of podcast. <laughs> That's, well, you know why you were able to have the energy for that is you actually like absorbed the fo- four loco through osmosis. That is like <laughs> through the air. Like it's a, it's like an. I've already like fully. I've already fully digested the large Shake Shack fry that he. <laughs> the cheesy fries are within <laughs> you right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining me. I'll talk I'm to in. you later. All right.